that were placed in a certain place, and as you were saying before, as certain pressures arise in certain groups of people, accepting that pressure and the, uh, that oppression arise and augment with time, you're gonna slowly find yourself looking to your left and right and be like, oh, fuck. You know, this is a weird world. I'm thinking of like you're not thinking of like anything else aside from what the hell Lil John and the East Side Boys brought to the game. Like what do we or just uh well Lil John and the East Side Boys are still alive, but um Duke Duke. When you say obviously. alive, you mean just like breathing. Flourishing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Thriving. I don't know. I don't know about that. I do know uh speaking of it, Atlanta, I believe. Uh I, you probably don't know anything about fucking Young Thug or anything that he may be going through right now. There's some kind of Rico charge that I noticed in the air right now. Okay, so. yeah. So Mikey sent me something the other day. It was... <laughs> I've been making jokes about this for a long time, and I didn't know when the legal system was going to catch up and start doing it. Oh, the lyrics? Oh, my ah. gosh. It's so much fun. Fun. Oh, is this the situation where um, prosecutors can now use lyrics as evidence? Yeah. Craziness. And rap just happens to be... Now, a lot of people think that it's people just, I don't know, barreling down on rappers. It just so happens that rappers mostly talk about killing people and selling drugs yeah. and tell you what yeah. street they did it on and mm -hmm. which one of their friends was there in yeah. attendance and who participated and to what degree I want to know and, the when they're, and when they're going to do it again. <laughs> Next Wednesday, 9 p.m. in order to find <laughs> yeah, it's, Pull up. <laughs> it's crazy, though. But uh, <laughs> I want to hear the statute of limitations on all the DUIs for the country songs. Oh yeah. PBR, Red Dirt Clay. Yes, I had had a few, and then I got behind the wheel of my truck. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, yeah. See, but it's not. It does. It's, it's not, not as sexy. You know, like it's, it doesn't have the same ring to it. Now, when you read <laughs> rap lyrics, but there's no melody, there's no snare drum in the back, yeah. there's no cadence. Like you just read the lyrics. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. And the judge was just sitting there, just like. <laughs> Just like fuck the judge, <laughs> fuck them niggas. I'm, I'm here to hit. I'ma pull back around, make sure I kill them all. Like it's just lyric yeah. after lyric. It looks really bad. I think he's going to prison. Yeah, he might be for might a long be. time, man. And it's just sad thinking about people that make it out. Like you are one of the few that came out of just a barren wasteland and you're a multi-millionaire and you're about to go to prison because Is it Atlanta that you just called a barren wasteland? Well, just the specific just that neighborhoods <laughs> that these guys come out of. Yeah, yeah, they're fucking they're crazy. Yeah. They're absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah, so to make it out of that shit and then like you're still Oh, that's a, I mean, that's it's just a mentality, you know what I mean? But I, you're just, I don't know if I could even order takeout from the same place after I get to a certain like, 
I can't keep doing this. Like any of it. What after we, after what? What do they have to do? Get your order wrong? Or I don't just, know. If I get to like eight figures, like um, we're not talking about the same things anymore. Oh, I don't want the same leisure activities. Oh, in my life. you think? Oh, and like, so in what way? So you're gonna change dramatically? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. If I'm keeping company and they're like, listen, we need you to go and do the thing and empty the clip. Like I can't be a part of it. You know, we talked about it. I can't be a part of that. <laughs> oh my God. Recall our previous conversation. Yeah. As per gonna our need you last to, conversation, we're going to need you to open the clip. I'm going to CC the rest of the homies too. So. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, I mean, you guys heard me when I said it the first time. I'm not. I can't be involved. I can't. Like, <laughs> CC the homies. <laughs> Welcome to the Any Last Words Pod. <laughs> My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. A very, very special thanks to everybody that will be joining us today on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, where else? Apple, as well as YouTube. <laughs> and please do not forget to follow us at ALW Pod on Instagram. The God of me still honors the God in each and every one of you. Today we have back. Blaze and Vince, thank you all for coming back. It's yep. been it's been too long. That was easily one of my favorite, if not my favorite episode. I we think. enjoyed it. We had such a good time. Yeah. And a lot of other people enjoyed it too. Tia, Tia was just like, you guys make me want to be a better person. I remember that that text message specifically. That's exciting. That it, it is yeah. exciting. Because I don't even think that was the aim. Like, we were just having a conversation. But for anyone to feel that way, it was like, holy sure. shit. Yeah. yeah, it is exciting when, uh, you know, you can just talk about your life, talk about your thoughts, and people are like, yeah, I pull inspiration from that. And you're like, really? Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, I feel that, like I think about that every like all the winter holidays where I'm like, mm, yeah, holly jolly mess. That's what this is. Mm. And then on the outside, it's like I don't know. It's just the holly jolly season. Is, I don't always. It's, it's not always. Is, is it something about the season that makes you a mess, or is it just you're just a mess and you just happen to be in the season? I think I've let go of a lot of that messiness over the years, but sometimes it's those parts of the year that remind me of. Who's not there? Mm-hmm. Who was there at the beginning of the year? Who was there last Christmas? Mm-hmm. And who's gone? Like, mm-hmm. we're completely apart from them. Either life, circumstances, death has just set them oh. apart from where we're at now. And so I'm like, I'm feeling it. I don't feel the cheer quite so much. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's that's the human part of it, you know? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Like, it's, it's like a kid's, it's a, kid, it's a kid's thing. If kids like, love it. Yeah, like kids love it. But as you get older, it starts to mean different things to you, mm-hmm. I suppose. There are a lot of adults that really love it. <laughs> I rock with Christmas it. very heavy, but at the same time, it's the frick for different reasons. Yeah, Like yeah, once yeah. you get older, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I get to see people who maybe I didn't prioritize seeing over throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I really could have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and do you, you feel bad for not prioritizing them? Do you feel like you ought to, or do you feel like you didn't prioritize them for maybe a good reason? Sometimes it's for a good reason, but they're like the things that made me feel guilty. Like I, I've let go a lot of those. I talked to some of the like brand injury survivors that I work with about the should detox. Like say whatever you want to say about your shoulds, but then just go back rewrite the sentence with could. Mm. See how it feels. Like just the same things that you would tell yourself you should do. Go back and see how many of them you could swap with could. Uh, I could go out and pick up the groceries and make it an easier afternoon rather than have my wife go and do it. Or I could you know, get to the gym instead of saying I should, because it feels like there's like guilt, shame. There's all this stuff that I should be doing. I and ought to have all this hanging over me. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I just say could? Same exact sentence and I just swap it for could. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this seems like a possibility now. I don't have like this responsibility that I'm shrugging off. Mm-hmm. It feels different. And if you don't do it, then it's like, yeah, well, I mean, I, I could have did it. I could have. I, I just. I did not. <laughs> I didn't do it. But I could have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, I could have got the trash to the curb before the trash man got there, but I didn't. I also could not have, and that is where we are. Right, yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. How do you feel about the holiday season? Um, I... Um, this is a tough one. Uh, okay. So, I mean, it's not that... I, I have a lot of friends who are really, really into Christmas, and I try to just be respectful of... Um, their like excitement about it, but I got to, I'm a pretty decent Grinch. Mm. Um, I can't fucking stand Christmas music. Mm. Um, like <laughs> none of them. <laughs> um, so I like actual Christmas music. I'm going to sound like such an asshole. Right no, no, do it. Um, no, do it. Do but, it. But, uh, like I had somebody recently tell me that Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You is the greatest Christmas song of all time. And I was like, like, steadfast. Right. Like, that's, that's the right. truth. It's that the anthem. The yeah. Like, she was like, no, no, no. Like, there's not really an opinion on this. This is what it is. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Guess, <laughs> okay. guess that conversation's yeah. over. Um, so um, I think we talked about this last time. I am a Christian. Mm. And it's frustrating for me for Christmas to be about, like, Oh, look at like now we're all gonna be nice to each other and um, Santa baby and uh, I hope you <laughs> and Santa baby and come down the Christmas tree or come at one of the chimney or whatever. Like um, that annoys the shit out of me that mm. people are like, oh well, I guess it's Christmas, so now we'll be nice to each other. Mm. But I just had a friend of mine be like, she was explaining why she likes it so much, and she was like, I actually really like that about Christmas, and I was like, I think it's really fake, mm. and she was like, well, I'll just take people being nice to each other. You know, it's just better uh, than them not. And I was like, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Okay. I'll, I'll just, I'll just take that in whatever capacity it comes um, behind love, whatever veneer. Yeah, yeah. It's hidden behind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Holy Night is one of my all time favorite songs mm. ever. Like any kind of song. Um, what is it about it? Um, there's a verse in there. Um, and just exactly how it's lined up with the melody. Um, the verses and talking about Jesus and Jesus' birth and the the verses until he came and the soul felt its worth. Mm. And uh, I remember the first time I heard that as like a person paying attention. And I was like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like that uh, we were living the way that we were. Our souls were um, lost the way that they were. And then our savior is here. Jesus is born here. And um, my soul recognizes that, like he's here and part of me that isn't tangible, part of me that isn't necessarily conscious recognizes that it's worthy. Mm. And it's worthy of? Um, that we, that uh, Jesus, that God did it because he loves us, right. you know, so that your soul's worth saving. love, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. crazy how many times you hear that song or these kinds of songs when you're a kid, mm -hmm. and then when you think about them later, or you hear them when you when you're thinking about things, and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, that puts me in a different place. Mm -hmm. When I'm, I'm not seven years old anymore. Yeah. Like, oh at, yeah. At the Christmas Eve service that we were at this year, the line that in that song that really struck me was, um, "And in His name, all oppressions shall cease." Mm. Um, that's in the same song, and uh, I look forward to that you know like that's yeah. something like that gives me so much hope 
Mm. I have so much faith that that's going to happen. I didn't mean to take it all the way here. Right? No, <laughs> no, that, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, if there was one thing that I got from the last episode from you, it was that you're very, very hopeful for people. Or you at least, it seems like you, you want to be. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what it is you do is embedded in that. You try I'm glad to, that that's a takeaway that you had. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much what I got. I mean, mm -hmm. aside from you calling me a nerd, like if you like aside from that, like it was just like it, it seemed like heavy. you you yeah. really really cared about that, and and that brings me to to New Year's. Mm -hmm. uh, are you guys resolutions people? No, no, didn't didn't think so. Um, are you? No, absolutely. Not. Um, what puts you off of resolutions? What? Where is Shout it? Shout out like, to everybody who has New Year's resolutions. Like, I'm not a resolutioner. What is it about it that doesn't appeal to you? Um, it's probably the way that I perceive time. Like it's not a real, it's not a real thing. So like, if you just wanted to make a change, you would just do it at any moment in time yeah. and doing anything outside of that is most certainly an excuse for putting it off. <laughs> so it's just... Like just make it, just just do, just, just fucking, all the resolutioners like, like fucking we, do it. We like, hear a lot of stuff like that with people who are like diet start on Mondays. So like Friday going into the weekend, I'm like I'm gonna be undisciplined about whatever I'm doing and putting it in my body. It's like listen, you don't have to feel guilt or shame about any of that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put it on this thing where it's like I'm doing a bad thing and I'll do a good thing Monday. No, no, you're just doing what you're doing. Like you said, I, I could, yeah. <laughs> like I could eat better, right? But or, or you could turn up at Cracker Barrel on Sunday, like yeah. I do. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's your Sunday spot, Cracker Barrel. Yeah. And not as much anymore. The service has changed, <laughs> but like <laughs> generally, do you know that people feel that Cracker Barrel is just an intrinsically racist place? I've heard for that. some reason. Yeah, I don't know what. What do you? What do you? Have you ever been? What do you attribute that to? I've been. I've been. But have those people, people been? People who think that. Like, have you ever been there? Right, because maybe it's just because it's like old-timey and we're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Any place, back. like, you go somewhere and they're like, they're fucking rocking chairs out front and there are a lot of wicker baskets with a lot of little knickknacks in them mm -hmm. that, that scares people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just something about the feel. I've never had anything but a great time at Cracker Bro. I don't go there, but any time I've had, it's been, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, IHOP is usually our go-to breakfast spot. We haven't even hit up IHOP that much recently. So why do you think that is? Like, why do you think that people are like rocking no, chairs, oh, racism? Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's I think it's just those. I don't think it's anything real. If you're looking for like something logical, I don't think that that's about to come. I I think it's just <laughs> they know for the most part, pretty certain white people are there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um that's a fact okay and you know i think that people have to go out of their way to make things other friendly in order for you to feel like it's other friendly so so yeah you know so unless you're doing something that is uh conventionally and in a very stark way, uh, black friendly. Like, you, I don't fucking know. Like, you, you start selling fried chicken on there Wednesday nights and fried. These are the types of things that people are looking for. That's, why, that's you know. why I hate stereotypes. It's because it takes it's stupid. a story and it makes it the story. And now you think that the stereotype is what you got to do to appeal to people who are probably more like you than they are unlike you. 
So. That, but that's always the case because we're human. So there's way more that we just share just based off of being a human than we have in differences because of where you grew up. It's just that baseline already. You're human. There's a million things that we share just yeah. based off of that alone yeah. before we get into any interests or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But what I just said, it being as racist as it was about the fried chicken, it's just that there are things where like if you don't put up a flag and that's more so what I mean, I don't mean the fried chicken. That's a joke, a bad one. But if you put flags up, you know, or you put like a BLM or like a stop Asian hate or you put up some tagline, mm -hmm. there's like, oh, OK, they rock with us. Like, we're cool. If you put up a pride flag, it's like, OK, they accept us. A lot of the times yeah. if people don't have things like that or they don't try to go out of their way to show in any way, shape, or form, you're just kind of like, some people are like, mm, what's the vibe in here? I don't know. I just see knickknacks and wicker baskets and fucking yeah. old white people, what? and I don't feel great about that, which is stupid. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, have you ever seen that done in a way that you felt was genuine? Listen, I just talked to Mikey about this a couple a couple pods ago. I'm not really. I think that the shit be weird. It is sort of performative, but it feels like that's part of like the psychology of marketing. You think my first impression is my only impression. So I've got to do this thing that's like loud and kind of performative. Mm -hmm. And I would never introduce myself to someone with one of these like platitudes. Yeah. Like, listen, <laughs> like I wouldn't say a, a slogan to somebody. <laughs> How would I introduce How myself? How many to different you? slogans just came to your mind just that you didn't say anyway? <laughs> I just you didn't say listen. a single one. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Good morrow, American citizen. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's what? that's very true. You, yeah, you would never advertise yourself that way yeah. when coming to have a conversation with someone. But it seems as though, if you are to have some sort of establishment, it seems to be the way to go for a lot of people these mm -hmm. days. Yeah, no, I just, um, I've never felt like I needed to go out of my way to again do what it is what you do to, or what you just said to uh, prove to anyone at any moment in time that I like them. Yeah. Right? Like, mm -hmm. I just, you know, just come on over. We'll just, we'll just chat and we'll see if we like each other. Mm -hmm. um, I think part of what we're, and the, the reason that I try to give people some grace when I experience it is that what it seems like is an overcorrection. Right. Like, people are like, okay, well, um, black people have been not welcome and that's putting it lightly. Black people mm -hmm. have been not welcome for a long time in a lot of places. So we're going to make sure they know they're welcome. Yeah. Like I, I, I think they are responding to seeing the truth of something. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, with black people, it's just an example you're talking about like the stop Asian hate, the pride yeah. flags and everything. Um, but that overswing can seem just as lacking in genuineness. I think, yeah. but it, I mean, I, I am hopeful that it will correct itself, that people are like, okay, we're swinging real wide here. Mm. This is too much. I, I, I kind of <laughs> see it as, as your friend told you about Christmas is, you know what, maybe I'll just take it as like, okay, maybe this is an overcorrection. Maybe it's very performative. Maybe it's vacuous in that performative nature. Mm -hmm. But fuck it, like they're doing, you know, they're trying to do something. And, and you know, that that actually goes a long, long way. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday about how their family is not a family of discussion. They don't want to talk about feelings or any issues that are going on whatsoever. We're going to sweep it underneath the rug. We're, we're just not going to do it. But what I will do is I will purchase you little knickknacks that you don't need. 
that I know you don't want and you're probably going to throw away. But this is, as her and I identified this, that person's way of showing you what it is they can't say, what it is they can't bring themselves to say, or they don't, and they could not be able to bring themselves to say it because there's some sort of emotional blockage or there's just a lack of communicational skills. Mm. But it's like, I, I don't want to have those conversations with you. I'm not willing to open up our relationship to be of that capacity, but I will purchase you this little hedgehog that has like a peg as a nose so you oh. can set your glasses on it. Okay. So you, you get some use out of glasses. it. Though. Yeah. Got a place to put your glasses. Yeah, you got one more thing to throw in that trash can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so so they're trying, I guess. Maybe that's that's the whole yeah. point. Whether it be the Christmas or the flags, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Cracker Barrel. Maybe you guys should throw up some flags. Um, <laughs> And no. right, you know some bumper stickers. We'll get we'll get in. You'll get into the meat of it then, because mm. uh, I mean you know Cracker Barrel's not racist right now, but yeah. who's gonna stop going to Cracker Barrel if they have a if a, they have a pride flag up? Mm. <laughs> it opens some questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does, huh? Hmm, that's interesting. But uh, back in the New Year's, reason yeah. I brought this up and, and your hopefulness is because. Maybe you guys don't deal with it as much being at a CrossFit gym. Probably not. You guys are pretty, like, you know who's in there for the most part. There's probably not, like, a huge influx. We don't have that upswing in January. Right, yet. exactly. But we do everywhere else. So Where are you going these days? It, it's still the same place. One Life One in life. Gainesville. Oh, yeah, that's so right. oh, that's a nice gym. It's nice. I really enjoy it. It's You know, it's just this time of year where just everyone's in there. There are a bunch Coming of kids. Get in getting your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know. It, Stay a while. And, and you, hey, what do you want? You want people to exercise. Sure. Yeah. Right? You yeah. want people to be healthy. But fuck, man. <laughs> it's just like there's so many of them and so many of them are kids because they're just they're back from school. Yeah. And then some people just again, they're going to give these first maybe month. How long does it take to create a good habit? 21 they days. 21 the word OK. The so, is. Yeah. OK. So they probably go for less than a month then at least consecutively. OK. Yeah. So OK. So we just got to ride it out till you know, February, maybe. So there's part of you that's like good for you, man. And there's part of you that's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, because um, because at the end of the day, there's a, I think a, a sort of a safe hopefulness that I have. I don't, I don't, I'm not nearly as hopeful as you are. I'm not nearly as hopeful as uh, Mikey is. I have a lot of hopeful friends. It's really nice being around those people mm -hmm. and hearing them talk. I, I don't, I don't share that same zeal uh that that you all have for, for people but I I do know that you train people and something I've been wanting to ask trainers. Or anyone, I guess, in their rehabilitative sort of market, I've sensed that there must be some balance that has to be acquired between caring about someone's development and the fact that they show up when they're supposed to show up and they work the way that they're supposed to work. Mm -hmm. And also, ultimately, not being let down or hurt too much if these people just start dropping out or not doing whatever it is the fuck that they're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. but they came to you and they're telling you they want to make a change and you're like all right cool let me invest my time in you mm -hmm. let's let's do these things and then they don't show up or even when they do show up they don't show up 
And I, I know that there must be some sort of deep. Is this like a balance that you deal with on just a daily basis? Have there been times where it's genuinely hurt you or been on your mind into where you go home? You're just like, what the, like, why the fuck won't this person just just work hard? Like it would like I'm giving them the tools. I'm giving them the knowledge like they could be where they wanted to be mm-hmm. in a couple of months mm-hmm. if they just did the thing. But they won't they won't do it. So that one has not bothered me as much in quite a few years. So I've been a trainer for, I've been a CrossFit coach for 11 years. Mm. Um, And the first few years, yeah, that was tough. Um, It was like, bro, like you're here, you have the tools, you have the knowledge in me, like you just have to show up and do what I tell you to do. Like that's literally all you have to do, just consistently, just keep doing it. Um, and it seems so easy and you want it so badly for them. Right. Um, but the thing that I have been working on is not wanting for people what they don't want for themselves. Um, cause if, if you don't want it for yourself, like you're a grown up, you're allowed to decide that. Like I can tell you on the receiving end of that, that's one of the better feelings of having a relationship with someone who wants for you what you want. Like if you aren't planning to steal anything or hurt somebody. They still want you to get what you want out of whatever experience you're having together. Mm-hmm. And that is it's a it's a tremendous feeling to be on the receiving end of that. Okay, mm. so that's, I think that's that's huge. <laughs> it's not always easy, especially because it's like you're in here, you're talking to me because of wanting these things, right? So we're that's how the conversation initially starts, um, and that is very peaceful. You know, when it when my head is working right, that is very peaceful for me. It's just like they I'm going to give them all the tools that I can I'm going to give them all the knowledge that I can because that's how I value being that's me doing what matters to me um and they're going to do with it what they want because that's them doing what they value mm-hmm. and I can't I can't want it more than they do I could in the moment I could be the bolster for their determination if they're already there with me. Like I do that for people all the time. It's like they're in the gym and they're like, nope, can't do it. And I'm like, bullshit, you can't do it. Do it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, well, I guess I can. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that goes. It is. Oh, fuck. I guess I can. She just told me. That is how it goes because they like their voice is so loud. Their voice like, it's too heavy. I'm too tired. It hurts. Ah, you know, that voice is really loud. And then there's somebody else who's like, the fuck you just say? Yeah. Yes, you can. And they're like, oh, shit. Okay. I guess I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah I, I yeah. can't tell you how many conversations I have on the daily, how many conversations I have with people that are like, I was only going to do seven reps, but you were yelling at me. So I did 12. I'm like, well, no shit. <laughs> um, but I need that too. Like I recognize that because I'm a person when I get in my own head, that happened to be running all the time. I'd be like, I'm too tired. I can't keep going. And if you like, if you just outsource your your weakness for just a second, like if you need to, sometimes you don't always need to, but just listen. Have David Goggins going in the background. Mm. Don't be a bitch. Oh, you're you David. Write, okay, you you're a Goggins <laughs> fan. Okay, okay. <laughs> or whatever it needs to be. It yeah. could be a. Um, I can point to the runs like that I was on where I did not outsource my mindset when I needed to mm. because I stopped, mm. because I slowed down, whatever. Um, and then when I needed to, when I when I just didn't have it in me, I knew enough to like try to listen to somebody else or listen to something else that was like, yes, you can. Like, absolutely, you can. So back to your original question, that one um, has not bothered me uh, as much in quite a few years. But as far as like going home and thinking about stuff, I think the thing for me that I end up taking personally 
uh, is when people <laughs> when people leave my gym to go to another gym to do what they do at my gym. Hmm, okay. Um, <clears throat> Have you had any correspondence with any of these people and gotten any sort of data as to why they would do that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's <laughs> it's kind of like a breakup, which is which is really funny because somebody can give you all the best reasons in the world, but they're still breaking up with you. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Best of luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess. Um, but it's hard when you like. Like, I am a person who brings my A-game to work. Like, that's what I do. Um, and they're saying things like, it's not you. It's the gym. Or it's not you. It's the whatever. Like, it's not you. It's me. I just need to be in somewhere else. It's exactly like a breakup. <sighs> um, and they don't know that they're talking about this thing that I've invested 11 years of my life into. Mm -hmm. um, so that one has been hard. But... I've been also uh, working on, and we've gone through periods of time at the gym where people leave for different reasons, and I've been I've been working on that again, not taking it so seriously. Objectively, like big, um, try to detach from my feelings a little bit more. Everybody is an adult, and I expect you to be an informed consumer. You're allowed to spend your money where you want to spend your money, yeah. and I want you to get out of it what you want out of it. And if you're not getting it here, then good, go spend your money somewhere else because you're an adult and you can't. Um, and the feelings part, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you like? Seriously, like, if you want to get into it? Like, am I not good enough? I'm, I'm not good enough. Like, I've been here every day with you. Mm. What's not good enough? Is it me? Is it how I coach? Is it you know? Is it the music we listen to? Like, what's going on? Um. But uh, but just like those shitty breakups, do they ever get into the nuances of what they mean when they say, oh, it's it's not you, it's me? Because these seem all very vague and just very neglectful. Yeah, and I don't I, I don't want to get too much into the nitty gritty as yeah. far as like, uh, you know, people's personal reasons. Right. Um, yes. People, but there have been people some. do give me specific reasons okay. and kind of where I'm at. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard that this is so hippy dippy and stupid. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the song Peace and Love by Blessed Union of Souls. No. Um, it's probably one of those bands that everybody only knows one song by then. Um, but uh, that, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, this is not the place for you right now. But wherever you are, like, I hope you get everything that you want. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, I think that that was a much more. I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for to that question. I mean, yeah, I mean, however it manifests, well, like, whatever it is you have to say about it, for sure. Uh, what about you, Sweeney, with uh, yeah. working with brain injury survivors? When they leave, it's usually, uh, it is still hard, but we also stay in touch with people to let them know, like, listen, I understand that we all individually are brain injury survivors, too, so we know recovery is ongoing. So we're going to stay in contact with you because we care about you as a person. Like, you don't necessarily have to be a part of this collective. Maybe there's something here that you don't see as being for yourself just yet. But like, stay plugged in. Come back later if you want, or don't. But like, make the choice that seems consistent with whatever your priorities are, mm -hmm. and we will support that for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But it does make me think about uh, Esther Perel has talked about. Um, she is this Belgian. She's some sort of a relationship expert, uh, but she's talked what's, about. What's her, I'm sorry. What's her name? Esther, Esther Perel. She yeah, does Esther the Perel. podcast. Where should we begin? Okay. Yep, she has some really terrific TED talks, mm -hmm. and. Um, the way that she's talked about relationships and infidelity, 
she says that there is no greater other than another version of yourself. So when people get to step out and go someplace else, go be with somebody else, they're like a different version of themselves. It's like mm -hmm. when you see people break up and then start dressing different, dye their hair and drive a different Go on the stuff. diet for finally get yeah, into the gym. Like, finally, you're like, oh, really? New me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. That's, a, that's a big a big thing for people. Yeah. Like I want a different version of myself. And mm -hmm. when people find some place where they want to stay, they tend to find a version of themselves that they enjoy being. Yeah. Mm. I like this. Yeah. I like how I feel here, the, the fun that we have here. I like what I get to know about myself for being around these people or doing these things. Mm -hmm. I try to have that as a takeaway when people leave that right there is like, do am I not allowing people to be themselves in my gym? Mm. Like what about who they are is not allowed to come to fruition in my gym? Yeah. And I, I definitely recognize that um, I, I can be a pretty rigid person, um, especially when it comes to things that I think I know a lot about. So when I'm at work, my rigidity is going to come out. Um, so I've been trying to, been walking this real, fine line figuring out this balance of letting people be who they are and not doing anything that contradicts my standards hmm okay which is probably real fun like a big thing at the gym is there are class times and class starts at a certain time so um don't be late and that's pretty tough for people and it's like okay like is it better that they're in the gym is it better that they got here than that they didn't get here mm. but part of me is like no fuck that if you're five minutes late come to the next class mm -hmm. um and then part of me is like you should probably chill out and uh i'm still having the argument with myself yeah <laughs> no, i think that that's a good argument to have though because yeah they both make so much sense like all like ultimately like what is the objective like what is the intention here is the intention to get them in here give them a place where they can try to bring that part of themselves that they would want to into fruition. Mm -hmm. And this is the means through which they're going to get there. Or do they need a kick in the ass? And maybe that is a part of it, yeah. right? That they need to know in order to be a part of something like this that is going to help bring that part of them. They need to learn some discipline. And some of that discipline is get your ass here on time. Just mm -hmm. figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Figure it out. Some people are really bad with time. I've really realized that in the past a year or so. People What's are, made you realize that? Um, <clears throat> just doing podcasts with people, <laughs> just expecting going into a different, like becoming a manager at my job, just expecting people to be on time places. What is your job, by the way? Uh, so I super, Where do you wear the suit? Where, <laughs> she's like, where the fuck <laughs> did it allow you to wear this whole suit with a plaid pants? You can't see Earl is wearing a suit and slippers. Monogram well, slippers. Well the, well, the slippers were not a part of the... We don't know that. That cannot the, be confirmed. The wardrobe. <laughs> Had to tell he wore this to work. Uh, oh, yeah so, yeah. so I work at a resort. So oh, I work okay. at a resort. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I... It seems as though people just have a... Like, time is slippery for them. Like, it, it kind of slips away. Like, they don't have... Because I think about seconds, like when I'm doing something, I'll think about like the next couple of minutes, like, okay, I have, I have five minutes until I, or I have 30 minutes until I have to go to sleep. Okay, cool. So that means uh, brushing my teeth and washing my face usually takes about like four minutes or so like that. Okay. That means that I have this amount of time to like try to get a chapter of this book out of the way and this amount of time to like do a couple of stretches 
Like, boom, like I can I can block next. those in. Exactly. But some people, it just seems as though they use very, very rough estimates for most things. And they're always wrong. And they're always, yeah, they're, they're always wrong. So they're always like 10 minutes late. It's never early. But it's, always, <laughs> Isn't it? it's yeah. weird. Like, I uh, it's overestimated. Never. Of course you did. You don't ever underestimate. Not ever. Not I once. I did that yesterday. I showed up at a gym 15 minutes early because I was like, oh, this isn't the gym I go to. I got to make sure I sign a waiver. I was there 15 minutes early and I was there uh, seven minutes before anyone else. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. And then I, I was texting Vince. I was like, I look like a damn stalker out here. Cause I was trying not to be on my phone and I was just standing by my car and I was like, this is weird. That's nobody's, stalker behavior right there. Nobody's not, not on the, your phone. Not on your phone. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly. Just looking that. around at yeah. the world. Yeah. Just like, uh, <laughs> observing. That's pretty wild. But then I realized I was like, like people were starting to pull in and I was like, I probably look like a freaking weirdo right now. Yeah. That massage envy place I told you guys about with the float tank. I pulled up there because they said when I purchased the ticket to show up 15 minutes prior to your appointment so you could sign waivers and whatever the fuck else. And I got there and they were closed. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, what? So I was knocking on the door and the lady finally came. She was like, oh, we're closed. We, we opened at 10. I'm like, all right. I will say though, <laughs> I, do have an appointment. I do have an appointment and they did tell me to get here before the appointment so I could sign. They're just like, oh, I know that's a little misleading, but we open at 10. I was well, like, there isn't anything misleading about 15 minutes. 15 minutes is 15 minutes, wherever you English are. English is my first language. This is not misleading. Yeah, not, you know where so, I'm not doing it anymore? Mm -hmm. Doctor's offices. They can mm -hmm. kiss my ass. Sorry, I'm not. But Sorry for all the doctor's late, offices. They're like, oh, we're not going to no, see No, 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 no. I'm not showing up late. I'm showing up on time. Oh, don't, yeah, don't show up early. No, because they they're like, get there 30 minutes early. Blah, blah. Oh. I'm like, for what? So I can sit there for an hour and a half before I get called? <laughs> Damn. Sorry. Sorry, doctor. Yeah, I mean, well, you're in a certain you're in a certain era, you know. I mean, depending upon what hospital you're going to, I'm certain there are a lot of people sick in mm -hmm. there right now. So, yeah. And that, you know, <clears throat> I definitely don't want to go on a COVID tangent at Do all. Do it. No, I'm But what I will say is it does concern me that... Throughout the entire pandemic, there has not been more of a stress on people taking care of themselves in general. Don't you find that suspicious? <laughs> Don't you find that suspicious? <laughs> Don't you find that suspicious? There's so many things one can do for themselves to heighten their health and ward off pathogens that that would make them sick and cause harm to people around just all the time, just in a general sense. But it seems funny to me that people dismiss that, completely disregard that, and it seems to just be about, not as much as it once was at a point in time, but just about the vaccine. And I just thought that that was very, very interesting. Why do you think that is? Why is the conversation not greater around how we can take care of ourselves? Um, well, this is also, we could slip in body positivity as well. But there's, a lot of what I talk about on this podcast is truth and people's threshold for a certain amount of truth. I think that <clears throat> the brain has a way of, or maybe just the mind has a way of 
suppressing thoughts. We know about this. We suppress thoughts and, you know, past uh, experiences to to ward off trauma. And so I feel like if there's a certain potency of truth being pushed forth, it's it's almost like a switch. Like some people instinctively have been conditioned in a way where they'll just they'll shut off. It's like pop up blockers, mm. you know what I mean, on an old fucking Windows computer. Like it's just get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not hearing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of these conversations around health are very very difficult to have because in order to to have those conversations people have to take a lot of accountability for the lack of control that they have the lack of discipline that doesn't allow them to get to your workouts on time Mm -hmm. that don't allow them to show up for the workouts and work out the way that they told you they wanted to work out right and then you're at home thinking like why the fuck don't they want to work out why are they leaving it so it's there's a lot of relinquishing of responsibility for one's own just agency when it comes to health and augmentation of health in all across the board in all the different ways that you can do said thing. Um, And I don't think a lot of people want to hear that shit. Hmm. I don't think a lot of people want to hear it. And I think a lot of it has to do with just, there's a lack of willpower, a lack of strength, discipline there's like this gumbo that is very necessary for people to do something like to actually get up and do it and it seems very very difficult to get a lot of people to do things um and i was talking about this on the last episode and the way i i I think about this now is because there seems to be a very, very interesting pilgrimage or voyage between knowing something and doing something for a lot of people. And so, you know, on the surface, I said, if you had gotten a recipe for a new dish you wanted to create, it would, it would give you all the ingredients and how to make it. And then the very next thing you would have to do would be to then fucking make it after you buy the stuff and bring it home. So on the surface, it seems like knowing and doing are just, it's a step. It's just a hop. You do, you know this and then you do this. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to people's lifestyles, those are pilgrimage. Like that, like it's, you hear all these tropes that have been passed down from generation to generation for thousands of years. So we have a ton of answers for things and we say them all the time. Oh, it's so cliche, but blah, blah, blah. Like we know the things, but we don't fucking do them. Like people don't do them. Mm -hmm. So it seems like a very interesting thing worth investigating for people. And I'd like to have more conversations with people. Hey, why don't you do this thing? Like, do you know that this thing is better for you? Yes, you do. Okay. So like, let's try to get through the steps of like your thinking Mm -hmm. to figure out at what point you get off the train mm-hmm. where there's this disconnect in in the cars where you just you know but you just you simply will not do that thing so there's something very interesting about willpower and strength and, and discipline and uh 
I guess what else would it be? Um, people being around you, what is it? Impressionability, um, influence, influence. Yeah. right? So there's a, a lot of. I'm certain that there's. I'm, I'm missing so many, but there's a huge cocktail mm-hmm. involved in all this. Taking a vaccine or taking a pill, these are roughly easy things to do. Mm-hmm. Doing all that other shit that I was talking about is not so much. Like you got to go to the, I got to go to the gym or maybe not even go to the gym, but I have to get up and move. Like I have to sweat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to like generate heat, <laughs> like in a lot of it for an extended period of time. I have to make time to do that. First of all, you know, time's slippery. I don't fucking know. I might show up late. So, <laughs> yeah. but now I, and I, and I have to do this thing. I have to think about what I'm eating. I don't just get to completely succumb to mouth pleasure at every turn like okay i have to stretch well that hurts <laughs> i don't fucking do that mm-hmm. like all these things that go like it's just it, it's it's a tough conversation to have and then it's also the well what if we're all just beautiful just the way we are period mm-hmm. no matter what What's the why would I why would I do that? If the narrative is I'm just as beautiful, why would I need to do that? This is also an overcorrection, I yes. think. I think this is a big what were you saying? If you thought about it in terms of commodities, a person's reasons tend to drive their standards for whatever it is they're gonna do. So you have an idea in your head, that information about how to be rich, healthy, happy, all these things that bring a person this kind of stuff, and people aren't doing it. So it's like, what's happening with the, like the exchange rate is off. You're not doing the thing to transmit that information into a value that they can accept. Mm. So imagine, like if, imagine as a currency, we all have a shared meaning of what a dollar is and that's why the currency will work. But we don't all have a shared meaning of what a good idea is to get wealthy, to get uh, fit, to feel fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so how do I, what is the exchange rate between me and an individual to have them take this step? You got to figure that out with each individual, which is really hard because it feels like overall, we're like, well, we got the answers. It's like, well, that's not my answer. Like we are used to dealing in currencies where we have a shared meaning, mm. but we don't have a shared meaning about the value of ideas. Mm. So there is some kind of an exchange that happens and you have to figure it out on an individual basis. You can do some big, broad sweeping ones, the easy ones mm-hmm. that everyone accepts or that more people are, are inclined to accept. You're just fine the way you are. You're fine doing whatever it is you're already doing. You don't have to... Uh, Contribute any additional effort. There's no more time, effort, energy, attention, or money to spend on this thing. Isn't that good? Doesn't that sound good? Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to digest that idea. So, like, the work of finding... It's a pilgrimage to figure out how my idea translates well to you. So, if I can tap into your reasons, then we can start to break down how to improve your standards. But that, that's so individual. It's mm. crazy. Hmm. I think the, the overcorrection is... Um, people's mistreatment because they're overweight. I think people are um, sick of being talked to like they are less than Mm -hmm. because they're fat Mm -hmm. or um, because they, uh, whatever, because they don't work out because they're not as in shape as the next person or whatever. I think people are sick of being told that they are lazy because they're fat, that they have something wrong with them because they're fat. And when people realize that they can, which is where we're at, that they can just say something and it be the truth that they operate on, they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And they are. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think I, I, in my interpretation, that's what I'm watching happen is that people are like, no, I've been treated like shit because I'm fat. And guess what? It's actually a good thing I'm fat. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you makes can't, people you like... You can't mistreat me anymore for that. You can't talk to me like that anymore like that because it's actually a good thing I'm fat. Uh, and I, I don't think that they... I don't think that they're looking for a reason for it to be... I don't think they want to be fat. I think they want to be treated well. Mm -hmm. Like that that yeah. seems like the overcorrection. But they're correcting so far that they're not paying attention to taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. That's the overcorrection. That's what I see. What were you saying? About being treated well, it makes me wonder if maybe that's... When people don't come up with the idea for themselves that they're going to use as the truth, do they go out and hear something and they go, yeah, you know what? That is what I think. Mm -hmm. And then they just run with that. But they find some thought leader or someone that influences them and they go, you know what, your ideas, they're my ideas now because mm -hmm. I hadn't come up with a version of what I think about that subject. So that's the truth that I'm going to run on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me wonder if that's not happening for people. They hear a message and they go, Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, no, absolutely. that's 1,000%. I hear, I hear Lizzo say, I am body goals. Like Lizzo says that in her songs. Hmm. And it's like, hmm. okay, um, okay, you're not my body goals. Um, but, but everybody's going to have different ones. I, I think like part of what I hear when I hear people say that is, um, my ease with myself is my goal. Like, I don't want to constantly feel like I'm not good enough and I have to constantly be changing in order to be valued. That's what mm -hmm. I hear when yeah. I hear Lizzo say I am, she's like, yep, this is what it is and I'm good with it. And I want people to believe in their own worth outside of how they look mm -hmm. you know so that's a good thing like yeah. that is absolutely a good thing but i don't want you to think i want you to have the kind of life that you want mm -hmm. and for as long as you want to have it so in all likelihood you're gonna need to be like weighing less is probably going to be better than weighing more yeah. it makes me think of the last conversation we had about well, there was a mention of maslow's hierarchy of needs like mm -hmm. humans need a sense of novelty too and it makes me wonder when they experience something novel, new, even if it's not a good thing, if they're like, you know what, I think I need a novel solution for it too. I need a novel answer, mm -hmm. a novel set of tools. Don't mm -hmm. tell me nothing about personal uh, this and that and fitness and that kind of wellness. I need a novel solution, a new one, a mm -hmm. one that's tailored exactly for this challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think that that speaks to people. They're like, yeah, I do need a novel solution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, <clears throat> and I hear everything you're saying because It'd be awesome if people were, were happier with themselves. Um, there is this thing that that seems to be covering everything we've been talking about, which is, well, maybe we ought to just take it as it is and how it is coming. But also maybe we And sacrifice whatever it is we're losing. And I think that we can get we we can make good decisions with good logic i don't think that we have to get there with with bad logic um so at the end of the day i plan on living a long life now that that shit could come to an end. Somebody could end my shit tomorrow. As much as it depends on you, right? I'm going to try my very best to live as long as I can, mm -hmm. and because I want to live as long as I can, I want to live as fruitfully for as long as I possibly can. I want to be able to move and 
do anything that I want to do. And so when I think about that, well, then that's going to come with with some hard work. That's going to come with some things that I need to do, some planning, mm-hmm. um, some thoughtfulness over the things that I'm putting inside my body and the things that I'm doing with my body. You got to do your stretches that night. I got to do my stretches gym. that night. Yeah. I got to do my stretches that night. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I stretch. I fucking stretch. It's been like one of the be- like best things that has ever come into my life. I love it so much. Good. Um, and so... I would love to just ask people these series of questions. Do you want to live a long life? Not everybody does. Um, if you want to live a long life, how would you like to live it? Um, do you see elderly people that you don't want to be like? Mm-hmm. Does that does having that external source ever jar you does it does it show you anything about what your possible future could be do you do you take anything from that do you or is it so far away you feel like that it's just that'll never be me that's so far like i can always turn it around like i can always figure it out mm-hmm. but i'll never you know be 60 and i can't move anywhere i'd like to ask people these questions i think that's probably the best thing that you can do is ask people what happens inherently when we, um, this is uh, called a writing reflex, like uh, writing start within, starting with an R. Like you see some, somebody doing something and you want to write it, you mm. want to correct it. Um, this writing reflex that we have with people and we, when we start to tell them what to do, especially if it's something that somebody is on the fence about, if we tell them what they need to do, whether they say it out loud or they only say it to themselves, your gut reaction is to respond with the opposite side of the argument. So they're they're probably already having that argument in their head. They're probably like, yeah, I do need to go to the gym and I would I would get in better shape, but I would have to get up early and I would feel better, but I wouldn't have as much time to watch TV. So they have both sides of the argument in their head. But if you're like, if you tell them what they need to do, they go to the other side of the mm. argument. So when we tell people constantly, like the things that they reinforce, the thing that the argument that they're giving themselves is the reason not to do it. Yeah. And no argument that I could give you is going to be stronger than the one you give yourself. Mm. So the best thing that you can do is ask. Yeah, I think that's like, why that's like the, the cornerstone of therapy is simply just to listen and ask people things back. And I, Mike and I talked a lot about that when we realized that most people don't have an inner dialogue happening um, in their mind. And there's this interesting guy named Russell Hurlbert at a UNLV that does these studies. But people are not actually having, going through the rigmarole of having these arduous conversations in their mind, which is why you can just have someone say, yeah, I like what you said. That's mine now. I'm going to I'm going to take that whole ideology. That's everything packed up nice and neat. Cool. I'm going to take that. And I think that there's something about the human condition that just probably yearns for things like that, because just like your mind blocking away the trauma and the truth of the matter so you don't have to deal with anything too dark, right? It probably just does these things just to make shit easier for you. Like, so for some people, it's probably a real fight to try to remain open-minded and listen to something without their ego getting in the way and trying to wrestle with it. Um, You know, I actually just had someone on the podcast the other day that was just very candid 
about the fact that she doesn't like to really talk to people that have differing opinions. Um, Who does she talk to? Uh, a very closely knit group of friends. Did that, you guys have all the same opinions? That is an echo chamber. Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. Um, it sounds like a survival mechanism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just like you know what. Instead of having to go through what it takes to try to figure out a fucking idea, because there's so long, every idea is so large. So you really just, a lot of times the, the stress in it for people is just that it seems like it's just an ongoing thing. Like you just, you unpack, a, you like fucking philosophy, you unpack some shit and then you're on to the next thing. And then it's more questions and then it's more questions and then more questions. And you go through this wonderful exercise. Now, if you're someone that's into that, you'll just keep going because it doesn't fucking matter. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. more. That's totally fine with me. It's intriguing, it's not gr- exhausting. Exactly. So you feel like it's a fountain as opposed to just, again, barren wasteland. Like you yeah. don't want, like you feel like there's nothing there mm-hmm. for a lot of people as opposed to there being just a wealth of all sorts of things there that that you never really have to completely wholeheartedly commit to for the remainder of your life. It's like, well, maybe some things work better in these set of circumstances and these things work better in these set of circumstances, but at least I've done enough thinking and ruminating on all these things that I kind of, I have these tools, I have these ideas to know, mm-hmm. right? But if if you don't want to go through any of that sort of stuff because it seems draining and just fucking just exhausting, you're just like, man, fuck this shit. Just, what did he, what did you say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's mine. Sign yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing Vince that. Vince and I have talked about this. This sounds kind of fucked up, but it, like we've both been like, how easy and like simple and it, how much easier would it make our lives like if you could be like bigoted about something? If you're just like, nope, every person wearing an orange shirt, piece of shit. You know, like, it's don't I gotta think path. about it? You think about just nothing. like, nope, you're a piece of shit, and that's who I hate. Mm. So lazy, <laughs> Lay my head down, go gotta think about nothing. Yeah, you know. Not that we wanna do that. Right, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's intellectually lazy, but it is easy. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I, oh, what is the group saying? I'm saying that too. Yeah, yeah I'm good. The thing is, but it's okay. It's not easy for us though. No. No. Yeah, see, no. in unison. Yeah. Like you couldn't bring yourself to just have a black or white idea about something. Like it's just, it's so hard to do that. Yeah. But for some people, it's that's nature. It's just like, no, I just I want it to just fit something. And I think that that's a lot of what our brains do to make this world easy for us to navigate so that we can try to bring our brains together to do whatever it is we're tinkering with at the moment. You know, so you're not just like lost in your thoughts, thinking about morality and ethics and codes of value and all this sort of shit. You're just like, no, like. I'm just going to fucking play this video game and I'm, I'm going to have all my thoughts just given to me and they're not consciously doing that. It's just it's just easier. It's just much easier. It's like when people put you in a box like they want to figure you out. And so people will try to profile you like they're an actual fucking like profiler, like they really know, like mm, uh, looking at you, uh, the words that he used, the clothes that he's wearing, the way he w- the, the way he tied his left shoelace. Like that means this about him. It's yeah. like left handed. You must have a fucked up relationship with your father. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Be like, that as it may. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, people very quickly try to put you in a box because it's just easier to do that. And if I'm, what I'm saying doesn't make any sense to people listening, you'll find that it's true when you've been around someone for a long time, they've known you for years, and you may be evolving and they're having a really hard time understanding what the fuck it is you're doing and why you're evolving because it's just like that you're just you like why can't just be you the Mm. person you've been like what was all this changing that's happening like what's going on but people that you're meeting currently they just see you as whoever you are at that moment Mm -hmm. they have no issue they're just looking at you for whatever it is you're bringing in that moment so there is something about ideas just wanting to be just fast food market. People just want things fast and they just want ideas that congeal quickly and just, like you said, platitudes. Boom. Done. Nicely tied and bowed. All right. That's it. I don't have to think about this anymore. Mm-hmm. I think because things are very complex. Everything. Yeah. It's very complex. Lots of things. Yeah. What were you going to say, sweetie? We do live in an advanced time and things are super complex. And I think people want things to be simpler. They want survival and belonging to be a lot simpler. And so they're like, listen, I just want to understand how can I belong to the group? Like this is a part of my empathetic brain that's like, well, human behavior is just a set of tools that somebody uses to get a need met. This behavior over here looks stupid as hell. What need are you getting met right now? And you realize they're doing the thing that the group has been goading them to do. Do the stupid ass thing. Do the stupid thing. And then they do the stupid thing, and the group's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, belonging. That's the need you're that's getting all met. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Okay, mm-hmm. that was yeah. a very stupid thing you did, but it worked. Yeah. You do belong. You do have a group. You've increased your chances of survival because you're a part of that group now. Wow, mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I just don't think that they see it as the stupid thing. They don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all of that, but they don't recognize it as that stupid thing. Because it's like, not stupid because it worked. Yeah, yeah right. right. They exactly. heard the cheers. It, yeah. it worked. Yeah, exactly. It, but that goes back to... What you were saying, Earl, is that um, you have to have an idea of what your standards and what your values are for you to think anything is stupid or smart. Mm. You know, it's like I, I'm i not going to be pushed in the back by a pitchfork to go whatever, kick a kitten across the road or whatever, even if people were cheering for me because I don't hurt living things unintentionally. Yeah. Uh, like that's not that's not what I do. Um, but if you don't have any standards for yourself, if you don't have any values for yourself, then you'll do whatever to yeah, belong. And just, it's not stupid because mm. it worked. I love this idea that there's a threshold that people have where someone's like, yeah, I'll never throw a brick through a store through a storefront window. But apparently there is like the size of the group will have an impact. And certain people are like, I'll never start a fight. But then, like, if the size of the threat grows to a certain point, they'll start a fight. Mm. Same thing with the throwing a brick through a window. They won't, they won't, they won't. Up to 15 people, 20 people are throwing bricks through windows, 100 people. Now they go ahead and do it. Then yeah. there's the anonymity. There's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get to hide in the mask. Yeah. Just mm. run with a swarm and do whatever you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Mm. Earl, I have a random question. Are you reading this book, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue? I finished it. You finished it? Yes, I What did you think? <sighs> It's so good. Yay. It's so good. Did Mikey recommend it to you? Yeah, he gave that's his. Okay. Yeah, he gave it Mikey, to me. Mikey Mikey is in our uh all ladies book club. Although he hasn't made it to one <laughs> meeting one. yet. Yeah, no. he told me that. He was just like, every time some shit comes up, I swear I wanna go. But, <laughs> okay, uh, but you you liked it? Yeah, man. It's so for I mean, where okay, where do I start? 
okay, I'll start with the start, which is she wrote this book over the span of a decade. Um, and all of her other books have been written in two to three years time. And she was very candid about giving that information away. And so one, I was like, okay, if you're going to make a book about an immortal being and you're going to really try to tell this story, yeah, you should probably take some time because to think about what it would be to be an immortal being and all of the trials and tribulations that that type of person would have to go through, especially one that is forgotten upon dismissal at any point in time. That's a lot to think through. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to think through. Like just how important is memory really? Like someone remembering you, what are all the things that you can't do if people don't remember you Mm -hmm. and having to go through every single one of those things that would practically make itself, you know, its way into a book. She did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. She did it beautifully. So you really like the way it was written? Oh, okay. she, oh, I mean, I mean, the details of what Addie LaRue goes through is amazing. The way that she sequences her words and, and just the, the whole storytelling aspect of it, sometimes it'll just be like one word alone, which it just sets the whole tone for the entire page. Um, I'm also just really into the idea of immortal beings. I'm really, really interested in in people that live a long time. Reason being, my friend was giving me shit about it and was like, how is that at all applicable to life? Like, what do you get out of thinking about fucking vampires or what or Dorian Gray? Like, why is that interesting to you? And I was like, I'm glad you think that that is not applicable. Let me Let me blow your fucking mind. This is the way I look at time. When I started meditating, there must have been some sort of predisposition I had for detecting alterations in states of consciousness. And so after my very first time having a real seated meditation for like 20 minutes, it was a guided one. I walked outside and I realized that I had augmented my frames per second. Like I was getting, I was seeing more of what was going on in front of me than I had prior. Because before that, I'd notice some things and then I'd be swept away by a thought and I'd be thinking about something and not consciously either. And I'd have to bring myself back into like, oh fuck, you're driving a car right now. Like Mm -hmm. pay attention. Mm And I realized that after that first meditation, I was getting more like moments per second. I was experiencing more of what was going on before me, before thought would sweep me up. And I thought about how the more and more my meditation grew and my practice became more and more stringent, that I was finding myself with more time in the day because I was there more. I was much more immersed in the seconds, in the moments that I ever was before in my life, which gave me more time to then observe and reap the benefits of whatever was presenting itself. You can't speak on anything or remember anything if you weren't there, right? So like, I can't tell you what it was like to be, like, I can't ask you, hey, what was it like to be in my house yesterday? Like you weren't there. So you you have no idea of conceptualizing that. Well, people are living life and they're 
physically places, but they're not there at all. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find yourself there more then you're stretching time in a sense. You're at least getting more out of the time that was already there that you couldn't have accessed before. Okay. And so one of the most interesting things about immortal beings for me is that, well, they live for a long, long time. So you think about, oh man, what are all the things that they would know that a regular normal human being that lived 80 wouldn't know? Well, what would a human being know in just regular human being reality world here on earth if they were there more and they were able to reap the benefits of the time that were already just ticking in front of them. Mm -hmm. And so we have our own versions of immortal beings in a sense, because there are certain people where my 24 hours is not even the 24 hours that I, I had a year ago. Like my 24 hours is completely different today than it was a year ago. So the way that I'm experiencing 24 hours and the way that you are, you are, anyone else is, are very, are vastly different, vastly different. And some people, it seems like just like a very quick thing. Some people constantly think about the day getting the fuck over. Like, man, I can't wait till it's time to go to sleep. Like, I can't, like, I'm done with the day. I'm over this. Like, I just, I'm, I want it to go. That's a wild way to live from my perspective, but that person, because their mind is in that state, they're missing out on so much time that is there. So the fact that I'm into these immortal beings, this book came to me at a beautiful time because it's a book about appreciating life and acceptance of yourself, living to the fullest, understanding what that means to you. Um, sacrifice huge huge sacrifice making the most out of uh some ridiculous decisions oh yeah just decisions you can't you you made them Mm -hmm. there's no turning back Mm -hmm. so so what do you do now um looking into the darkness and finding truth and light in it it was beautifully told it was absolutely beautifully told wonderful twist at the end uh about how she plans on continuing on with her life that was that was absolutely fantastic yeah it's just it's a beautiful book cool absolutely beautiful book did you read this no oh okay yeah it's absolutely beautiful book yeah thank yeah thank you for telling mikey about it and told (laughs) me hope you can come to a a book club meeting mikey i know yeah honestly and earl yeah always invited i I know man you guys invited me and i just wish that sundays weren't like the busiest day like for me work-wise um but yeah no it's an absolutely beautiful book v.e schwab i've never heard i never heard of her before this I know that they are making a movie or made a movie recently. Oh, really? Oh, you know, yeah. There's yeah. like an adaptation of it. I really I hope, hope they not, don't uh, fuck uh, that up. I hope it's not the age of Adeline because if it is, it was not close to the book at all. So I hope there's a movie forthcoming because um, that movie with Blake Lively was trash. Oh, uh, there's a movie with Blake Lively. How new is it? It's from like 2016. Okay, then no, then I think okay. there's a new one. I think there's the Invisible Life of Adelaide. Okay, it's actually out. called that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Damn. Blake <laughs> fucked it up. Well, not Blake, but you know whoever wrote the writer, that. Writer. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> what are you reading right now, Vince? Uh, Letting Go, by. Mm. Gosh, what is the name of the author? 
letting go is just a book. It's like a guide to uh, surrender, which is it's a fun topic, <laughs> you know. Um, it's not really the thing that you can embrace easily because there are a lot of times in life where you're like, well, resistance is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to exact my will. So that's what that is. But there are a lot of things in life that happen that do require like a degree of surrender mm -hmm. or acceptance or a recognition of what's within your control and what is not. And then to focus on the pieces that are within your control because that's where you're going to be able to do something. The other ones, I mean, you're just going to keep butting up against it and experience what you experience when you move against an immovable force. So that's kind of interesting. I've been enjoying that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just got done with a book that I'd spoken about called Illusions by Richard Bach. It's a, it's a small little, it's like a, it's a beautiful allegory is really what it is. And it's one of those books that I read and I thought that it was it was like everything that you've already known, but just written in just like a beautiful story form. Um, and I was trying to tell someone about it and I, I said, I felt like, and I don't normally speak like this, <laughs> but I felt like a, the younger me was like given a big hug. That's what it seemed like. I talked about this problem that I had like my entire life where I was very often shut down for wanting to talk about things that were on my mind. And so shut down by who? Family members. Okay. It always just seemed there was never any any real and I don't want to just shit on everybody. There was maybe like one or two that would that would indulge, but you know but when it came to the unit, though, in being around the whole family, it just seemed um, just very neglectful of wanting to speak about anything that seemed like it had healing properties to it, right? So wanting to speak about things that hurt people there, like, hey, guys, everything's not all right. Um, to bring it back to that whole Christmas thing, and you said that you feel like it's a fake ass time of year. Let me, uh, let me, you know, jump on that bandwagon with you. Um, I think that there is this sweeping feeling that when we get together as a unit, if we don't get together often, then when we do, we ought to be happy. And maybe I'm just intense because I don't agree with that. <clears throat> a different set of values, I guess. Or superficially, we say it's the same values, two completely different ways of getting there. So if someone says family, togetherness, um, nope, because those wouldn't even be my values. Never mind. Nope. They're just different. Okay. Truth, meaning. I like those things a lot. Mm -hmm. And if you don't value those things, then you're not worried about taking whatever avenues it takes to achieve those things. You're, you're worried about the overall decorative veneer of it all. So when we get together, let's have a good time. But how good of a time are we having really? And there seems to be this potential that I see in things is very difficult for me to not see the potential and what things could be 
um, and how they are being blocked and hindered by the fact that we are not, it would just be like in a fight with someone or things aren't, let me not say a fight, but things aren't necessarily 100. They're not really as cool as they have been or could be. Mm -hmm. But then you end up having that and then you find yourself ever joking about that thing that you guys were upset about or you guys were angry. That's a great fucking feeling it to is. know you can now laugh at each other being like, yeah, that was fucking stupid, wasn't it? Like we were really in that rut for a while. Mm-hmm. That brings this whole other level to the bond, to the love that you can share with someone. You've been through something. You've been you through something. It. Oh, yeah. You wrote you. You read that book, Tribe. Yeah. Yeah. That was a part of you all's thing. See, I never got around to it, but I'm going to read it. Okay. Um, the, Yeah. You've been through something and it means something to to get it out of the mud together. And so when you don't, and it's just fucking Skittles and unicorns and daisies and shit, it's just, it's never really that though. Yeah. It's like never you, really that. You think because we have the napkins folded into bows that it's all good now, like we got the nice china out, so we got to be on our best behavior and act like we're this, you know, hunky-dory family and maybe we could be if we fucking talked about something and i would much rather get together with a group of people once or a couple of times a year and had something that was healing and that was meaningful and that was maybe extremely difficult i'm so fine with difficulty difficulty is i'm not worried about in the slightest bit at all right because i believe in the process I believe in doing, I've done enough difficult things to know that if it's difficult, there's usually, it's going to pan out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to probably feel great on the other end of it. So yeah, let's, let's do that shit. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if you, if maybe you don't have enough experience doing difficult things or if you just, I don't, I don't know. You, it could just be, again, we ought to love each other. We only get together a few times. Let's just let's just be happy. Let's not let it go. Let's not rock the boat. Let's not let it go left. But is and, that like completely antithetical to your values? Yeah, for me, for yeah. sure. And so the book Illusions that I was reading about was really just this beautifully written story about how we are free to live whatever life we would really want to. Um now that that comes with its its prices, whatever it is you feel like doing, like but but you can do it. And the issue that I've always had is trying to dumb myself down in life. There was a long, long, long time of that going through school. I wanted to be really cool, so I had to be really dumb. Um, and then there was this point where. I feel like my mind blossomed and I wanted to talk about so many different things. And just the people I was around was just not with that shit. Like it was just a bunch of weird shit. Like Is that was, what you were talking about? Like when you start evolving as a person and everyone's like, where's the old Earl? Yeah, yeah your growth will come across as being disagreable. Yeah. I'm yeah, disagreeable, I'm growing. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, what the fuck? You, they're just like, oh, you're evolved now? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so grown now, right? Vince like, and I have had this conversation so many times. People say the same shit in so many different ways. You think you're better than us? You think it's, you're it's gonna in, go you somewhere? A, we put it in our movies and our books now. Yeah. Like if a guy, even even if he has a t- terrible life, 
he's like abusing drugs and alcohol and himself and his relationships and he's gonna leave. They're like, oh, Joey, you're gonna leave? You've outgrown Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I haven't outgrown Pittsburgh. I wanna do something make other something than yourself. destroy myself. Yeah. I wanna learn about who I am and what I can do. And people hate you for it. You think it. you're better than Dumbsville? Is that what you think? <laughs> Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> yes. I think everywhere is better than Dumbsville. All right, Gene, I'm leaving. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. What was that movie with fucking Matt Damon when he was a genius? And he was getting it's out Good of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, something like that. So, except Ben Affleck was a real friend to him. And he was just like, dude. Oh, yeah, Ben Affleck was like, was like, was like you don't fucking leave. He was like, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. You're sm- what are you doing here? Best day of my life will be when I wake up and I see that you're not here anymore. That's oh, first time. Oh, I wish man. I could go back and experience that moment for the first time because it was just like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a, that's a friend that a yeah. lot of people don't have. Yeah. yeah. This is what I have to look forward to. I'm going to be a construction worker. This is my life and I'm good with it. You know, I'm going to marry freaking Mary Joe down the street or whatever her name is. Yeah. And like, that's, that's going to be the life we have, but that's not the life you have. Yeah. It better fucking not be. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Yeah. David R. Hawkins was the author of that book. I, Letting go, mm. by oh, okay. Hawkins. Okay, yeah. but so your friends, you were saying, were having the opposite reaction. Well, you were around people, well, and you started yeah, involving. yeah, friends, family, like it just, you know, and I, I just felt uh, just discouraged of talking about those sorts of things. So what I would do often is just um, for years to try to hang around people, I would just get really, really drunk and high for a long time um, because I felt like, well. If I do that, then I usually I can get to a state where I'm cool to do whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? Whatever they want to do, whatever trifles, trivial trivialities they want to talk about or do, like it's much easier to do it under those states. And then it just got to a point where the blossoming it, it took off to a point where I couldn't even escape it. So I would drink, and I would just. I feel like it would hit me even more. Like I would just be looking and thinking. Like I would just be looking. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like I would start drinking and looking around. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Whoever does your art, that's the next one. It goes right there, drinking and thinking. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute, I can't even use these these vices as a way of like escaping anymore. Like I'm just finding myself still conscious. Like I, 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 I must have to get completely obliterated in order to get away from this. And there's just a point where I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I, I just don't. Um, but there was this need, and which is why I do empathize with the people that are just like, yeah, let me take your ideas. Yeah, they're mine now, because there was some sense, there was some longing of of a group, like being different or weird in any capacity is by definition like ostracization, right? You just find yourself distanced from people and you can rise to that and be the type of person that's just like, yeah, that's totally fine. And you'll probably find in that that people come towards you. There will be a group. You're just not in it yet. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, again, you don't know, you don't know. So there was this thing for a long time where I was just thinking, man, fuck, like, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt people, but I do want to live my own fucking life without feeling like I owe these people 
whatever version of them that they've concocted in their mind of who I ought to be in order for them to feel good about my existence here in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And this book was just so beautifully written on, in, in so many different ways, illuminating how it's, it's just not your fucking responsibility. It's just not your fault if other people are hurt it's unfortunate, but that's not your responsibility to fix them, to make them understand. As you say, there's no point in trying to just like, listen, man, this is what it is, right? Because all that's going to happen is they're going to distance themselves from the idea. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, you can't allow people to suck your soul away telling you to live in a way that makes them feel comfortable because they've been so conditioned and indoctrinated and just inundated with a bunch of weird, wild shit that makes no sense. And it certainly doesn't make any sense for you. You just gotta let that shit go. And as I read this book, it was just the way I felt about it. And I really encourage people to read because I know there are a ton of people that don't read. And, and this is what I'll say about reading is sometimes there's just this, this cherry on top where it was like the last you can feel it was like one of the last things that you needed to fully complete the, the feeling of an idea. And that's what this book was for me. It's like, oh, no, I, I really... I'm not going to show up for this next family event. Hmm. There are going to be questions about that. Where the fuck is Earl at? Why is he not coming? That's disrespectful. What's going on here? I'm not going. I don't want to go. Um, I don't want to go and pretend with you guys. Um, I don't. I don't want to go and be in any sort of vapid circle of just words being said with no real intention, no real ever sense of healing properties. We're never coming together with that intention. Um, And for me, that's almost like obligatory at this point. There's so much healing to be done. And for you to never be looking for that to be the case with people that you say that you love and you want to build with and that you, eh, eh, false. It's just false. It's just there are, as the book said, just they're illusions, and we just so readily get trapped inside of them. And it's because, or so I think, that our brains want to make things easier on us. It's safer. It's safer. It can increase that veneer of safety. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And but once you pop that bubble, at least for me, like it, it's difficult. You you don't want to go back. You can't go back. You you don't want to go back. And you like you said, yeah, you can't even if you wanted to. Like you were saying, like there was a period of time as you were growing where you're like, okay, if I get drunk enough or high enough, like I could get to the state where this is acceptable. But you had to keep getting more and more inebriated and then it like there's a threshold you cross where like even your drunk brain is like <laughs> yeah like has it, i mean off the top of your head can you think of times where 
you're doing something to appease someone else, but you feel like it's not in the best interest of your nature. Yeah, could you oh, think of sure. any times, please? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the times where you're at a party or some kind of a social function and you excuse yourself to the bathroom. And by this point, you might already be drunk or in whatever altered state you want. You get done doing your business and you wash your hands and you look in the mirror like, oh, so I'm, I'm just a human. <laughs> I'm really in this bitch, just like a human doing what they want me to do. We're all going to die at some point, but I'm doing what they want me to do with my time. My limited ass time, I'm doing what they want me to do. Like, you get those moments. I'm sure we all have those moments. Hypothetically, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Just like that. I love that anecdotal sort of way because that. that... <sighs> Life's too short. It's too I mean, short. And even though you're going to live forever, um, <laughs> any time is too much time to be doing fake shit to be doing obligatory shit. Um, and maybe that's uh, an oversimplification to the point of inaccuracy. But uh, I mean, because we all do stuff that we don't want to do. You know, there are things that we have to do. But it feels especially bad to be doing it with people that you love. Mm, like, yeah. all f like we fake it with people we have to fake it with, you know, like acquaintances or people at work or whatever. And you're just going to be mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. smiling on. But it feels especially bad. It feels wrong to do it with people that you love. Like I would rather not talk to you than have a fake conversation with you. Yeah, that's it's so it's it's very very weird. I don't like masks. I don't like like this theater. I really really not a fan of it. And I also have this split screen thing where I see life happening and then in certain instances I see it as like a TV show. Mm -hmm. And like if I could split up things that are going on, clips that are going on in friends or family's lives and just make a production around it and get it on HBO or some shit and have them watch it, they would be able to see how wild they look. They'd be able to see how ironic certain things are, how drastic certain things are, how completely just flippant and whimsical a bunch of shit is, how fake things are. Mm. But because it's happening to them, like they can't see it actually taking place and it's very very it's very fascinating for me but i i can't just sit by and and do that and so um it's felt like a huge weight lifted off of my shoulders recently just by reading certain books Ada larue was one of those pieces to the puzzle illusions by richard bach was one of those pieces to the puzzle conversations with interesting people have always been pieces to that puzzle for me as well as the meditation, the float tank, the all the sauna, exercise, all of that sort of stuff just kind of melds together and it, it works in a, in a great way. But do you um, know who Tom Billu is? No, he runs Wait. Impact Theory. Yeah. Did he have you listened to his podcast? I have glasses. He's got gla he Usually, glasses. Usually, yeah, yeah, real thin guy. Mm -hmm. um, he is. I don't know if you've heard him talk about it at all, but I think you would find a lot of his conversations interesting because he is obsessed with immortality. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm going to figure out a way to do this. Have you heard mm. over the last few years the change when he accepted his mortality? Yes, um, but even like the most but, the most recent conversation I heard of was he did a he had a conversation with uh, Eric Thomas, E.T. the hip hop preacher, mm. um, and he do you know who that is? No. Oh, you you should definitely check him out. Okay. He's uh he's like a. He doesn't call himself a motivational speaker, but he's another one of these guys where, like, if I have to outsource my willpower, like, he's a person that I would listen to. Okay. Um, 
but he talks about like um, kind of similar things like ways of figuring out like if it can't be immortality like how am I going to get the most out of what I have right here like I'm going to do I'm going to live like I will live forever mm. um, so taking care of my body you know etc right, like I'm going right. to live forever um, right, right, right. I have a random question. This is not a random question. I keep saying that. Vince and I have been going back and forth about this, uh, the chat bot. What is it called? I've heard chat about GPT. this. Chad GPT. Chad GPT. Chat GPT. Chat GPT. Chat GPT, this uh, advanced language learning model, this artificial intelligence. Have you heard about it? I've heard about it just recently. And so just to, let's give a recap on exactly what is happening with this. The generative pre-trained transformer. It is an AI language modeler and it's like programmed on this tremendous data set. You can ask it questions. Its limits are up to like 2021. Stuff that happens after that, it doesn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it communicates communicates in a way, it just spits out output in a way that is modeled after real human language. So it can do it and mimic human communication in a way that can fool most people. So mm -hmm. it feels like you're talking to something, but it's like, it seems like it's super sentient, but it's, it's AI driven. And you just type in questions and it'll just answer you. Um, so yeah, I don't know, where are you at with the, is artificial intelligence something that you think about at all? Is it something that concerns you, doesn't concern you? Um, it doesn't concern me in the fact that is one of those things that's going to happen without my consent. Uh, so it's one of those things I don't have agency over. So I try to deal with the things that I do. Okay. Uh, I do think it's interesting and I've thought about it in, in various different ways. Um, the first wave was, I guess, Neuralink, right? Uh, uh, Elon Musk's endeavor of putting a, a chip in people's brains that will have them be able to sort of link up with the, you know, the technology and get information quicker and things of that to become more of a true cyborg, more of a cyborg than we are now. Um, and it's more so now to be used to help paraplegics and just people with all different sorts of those types of issues, you know, mm -hmm. like optical issues and things like that. They hope to be able to, I think that they are helping, helping people already, I think. You said that like you think we already are cyborgs or we're already somewhat cyborgs. Uh, well, just just in the sense that people don't really know what to do. So we made a joke and said that you are stalkers for not looking at your phone. Mm -hmm. There's and that's a joke for a reason. People are very, very attached to their phones in most people's lives they wouldn't know what to do with their day without it. Like a lot of people's lives, whether and it could be for work as well. I mean, it could be for work or, or play, but most people don't really know what they would be doing if their phone, have you seen people with like their phones about to die? Have you seen like- Do you the, have a charger? The, the, do you have a charger? Like the look of worry on their oh, yeah. and distress. It cannot happen. Yeah, yeah like it yeah. can't happen. Like what am I supposed they to do? They get real resourceful. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, like they're going to find a generator. Mm -hmm. So the-, the <laughs> Outside of 7-Eleven, plugged into the wall, that crazy ass outlet that's right there. Flip up that the big door. ass latch, yeah. yeah. Plug it in. <laughs> Buy a plane ticket just to go sit in the terminal and plug their phone. <laughs> that's great. I let it die, so, you know, so there, there's just the there's that. Um, very very rarely will you be having a conversation with someone and you ask someone a question and they don't know the answer to it, and we just just riff. Well, let's just, 
I don't know. Let's just say it. Let's just think about what it is. No, it's going to be like, oh, well, let's just Google it. Let's just figure it out. Hey, Siri. Boom, 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 boom. Right? But if you don't want to do that and you just oh, stop, <laughs> right? <laughs> you always fucking listen. Stop it. Are you talking to Siri like it's a cat? Siri, no. You know what? Stop the other, it. I, Siri's I still here. Go, I don't know what's going on, Siri. Siri's still up on the table. She's still talking. I won't respond to that. The other, see, Siri's been getting, and this is exactly what I was about to talk about. The other day, a friend of mine was like, oh, hey, Siri. And she was like, hmm. I was like, what? What's the attitude, like, yeah, Siri? It was just, it was just like, hmm. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> what happened to just like, hey, hello? Yeah. Like, what, We're not what? cordial no more, Siri? Yeah. Okay. Like, it was legit. I was like, why did they make that a function? Why did they do that? So let's get into how I feel about this. Okay, well, first, the Neuralink thing. So he was saying, sir, during some press conference that he was like, listen, everyone needs to get on board with the fact that the future is going to be weird. Like, we just need to understand what the world has been. It's not going to be that. It's going to get weird. Technology is going to take over. You're just going to have to get on board with that. Mm. We're not stopping it at this point. <sighs> we already have everything we need. Anyway. Um, I'm with you. I'm with Bill Burr. Bill Burr said that uh, he would be fine if technology start, stopped advancing in 1999. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm there. You're my spirit animal, Bill Burr. I'm good with That's such a great time to pick 1999. Yeah. Like we had the Matrix. <laughs> Lord of the Rings was already in production. Mm -hmm. Just let Lord of the Rings come out and Star Wars Episode One, and then we could call mm -hmm. it. We could call, call it. <laughs> and so... He was saying that there's going to be a time where we we'll, should more than likely probably be able to just download people's memories and their thoughts, their personalities, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of people think of people that way to the point where if you have a family member that has Alzheimer's or dementia, people say things like, fuck, like we're losing them. Like we, like they're not here anymore. They don't know who I am. They don't remember things anymore. You feel like you lost someone once all the memories and the personality, all that depth is kind of gone. Not to say you lost a human, but some people feel like you lost the spirit of them or something. So some people kind of equivalent all of what he's talking about downloading as some type of soul in a sense. And so if you can extract that information and you can upload it somewhere else and preserve that soul, in a sense, you can upload it into another human being, as far as I'm concerned, if you have the chip, right? What is the value of a life? Like, does that change? If I can, if I can upload you somewhere else, like your body isn't that valuable anymore right mm -hmm. like it's at least not the same mm -hmm. and so that raises questions for me because i don't know where that's gonna go um what show was like this on netflix we stopped watching it there were two seasons altered something or another altered carbon altered mm -hmm. carbon was okay. yeah same kind of thing like and it became like um Your class like a class thing. thing because obviously these new bodies cost money mm -hmm. so you can if you have more money you can keep uploading your consciousness and essentially money buys you immortality at this point because right. you can keep downloading your memories and mm. your personality into newer and newer models but i'm sorry go on hmm. on this thing 
where we're just we're creating this model because I'm doing all this thinking off the top of my head right now. We're doing this. We're making this model that can imitate just real time speech. And I don't, I don't know what it sounds like now, but it sounds like pretty spot, like appropriate responses to things that are hmm, like insightful, intelligent. It can mimic what it thinks is insight, but it. Um, I don't know that it could be insightful. It can't be. It, it can't experience semantic, anything. You know, yeah. like if you really want to dig down, no, it's not insight, but it doesn't matter. Like yeah. If you can get to 90% insight and then fool, you know, 50% of people, that's a huge number of people to yeah, fool. Yeah, I'll, yeah, because that's what I'm saying. Like, most motherfuckers ain't insightful. So if, uh, yeah, I can, I can fool people right now. Like, so <laughs> if you take all of the information that it has access to, which I'm assuming is just the internet. It's a limited data set right now. They haven't turned oh. loose on the internet. Oh, okay. Not so. all of the internet. Okay. Yeah, it's pre-trained on like one data set. As oh, as fuck. Oh, God. That's a bad idea. Thank you. That's just not a good idea. They're just people don't, they're, we're not ready. We're not, we're, no, that's a bad idea. What yeah. about us is not ready? What do you mean? People have a very hard... Well, how is information going to be disseminated when something like that comes? Like, who who harnesses that power? Who has access to that? How do they use that? You know, I was... um. There's like a Kendrick Lamar video, one of the most recent ones that came out, and he had like these changing faces. Like he had like Kobe Bryant's face on and uh, Kanye West's face on and, and he had all these different um, who's it OJ's face popped on at one time Nipsey Hussle clearly his face but it, Will Smith what's that called deep fake deep fake deep fake, fake. Yeah, it, Samsung technology from like twenty six and it, it's so good yeah it's so it's spot on all of the facial expressions and I'm interested to see like where that will go. But I'd also like to know people, journalism, it, it's, I mean, it seems pretty shitty these days. So I feel like if you can just take things that people say that you don't like or doesn't fit the narrative of the company or establishment that you work for, and then twist their words in a way that makes them look crazy, mm -hmm. right? For whatever reason, then. I don't know. Again, I don't know who gets a hold of this type of technology and how they use it. But in an age where people talk about misinformation, there's all sorts of applications, just terrible ones. I'm trying to think I'm trying to bring my mind to like good ones, but I can only think about people using this for the fucking powers of evil. We were already on the on the way there in the late 90s when the talk boy came out. Did you ever see the commercial for the talk boy home alone? Uh, Kevin McAllister has a talk boy in the movie mm -hmm. and then they're selling it like a real toy. Mm -hmm. So the kid, uh, it has a voice change mode on it. So he records mm. this voice. Hey kids, we're home early to scare his sister mm. or the babysitter who's with her boyfriend or something like that. But like this tiny piece of technology right. threw them off the trail of the, uh, the parents shouldn't be home yet. This is the talk boy with a cassette tape in it. Yeah, like we're still not adjusted fully to the internet. People aren't ready for the level of misinformation on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like it's created an insane level of danger. And now if we get these deep fake videos, plus this language model that can mimic people 
even to it's like 70% accuracy, people aren't going to look closely enough to be like, that's not something that this person would say. Mm-hmm. Well, what yeah. if somebody's dead? Some dignitary or political figure who shows up in a video and says a thing and incites a war. And we don't know that that's not really them. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, they could, they could do something like something a lot less <laughs> yeah, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It could be someone. Or it could not. Yeah, it could yeah. be all the way there. Or it could be somebody endorsing a product that they wouldn't endorse. Yeah, I think there are a lot of, uh, maybe guardrails isn't the right word, but it's kind of what I'm thinking about. Like, we don't, we are not aware enough of our own lateral limits to have something like that. We don't have any built-in safeguards for human overreach mm-hmm. with any technology that we have. Mm-hmm. We don't have built-in safeguards for overreach with the technology of automobiles. Mm. So, I mean, it's like, okay, hey, turn this tool loose to people who might have virtually endless wealth, and they can say anything they want to faster and louder than anybody else. Well, now that person controls information. They control what is true because they have reached too many people to stop it from being not true. Mm. It's, it's accepted because so much of the mass has accepted it that anybody that doesn't is in danger. Yeah, and you can run with something that's not true. You can sure. incite a multitude of people to do something about something that's not true. And if you're not a part of the mass and the mass is too big, you are the crazy one. Mm-hmm. You're the one standing on the corner crying about AI on your soapbox or whatever it is that you have to say. Like you are the person, you're the outlier. You're the polar bear in the forest. Like you stand mm-hmm. out like a sore thumb. You're not yeah. built to survive in this uh, this environment yeah. if you are that person. That's mm-hmm. where I see myself in fifty years. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so so you're so again, speaking to a hopeful person, do you have hope for people in the regard of maybe coming together as a people and finding a way out of deep polarization and and bigotry and and hatred for the other side of the spectrum for whatever uh, aspect that may be, whether it be religion or political or uh, pharmaceutical at this point, whatever, whatever the case is. Do you think that that the cream rises to the is that what the cream rises to, to the, the top? top? Is the saying yes? Yeah. Do, do you think that that good ideas ultimately will prevail? No. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> and, 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 um, okay. I think that, um, I think that there is nothing new under the sun. Um, I think that we continue to vary the, um, kinds of experiences that we're having, uh, but they're not, they're not actually different, you know, like polarization has always been an aspect of the human experience. Mm. Um, I think like Vince was just talking about how if you can get ideas to rise to, you know, to be the loudest, to be the the first thing that people hear, um, and it doesn't necessarily matter if they're true, I think that uh, really puts a damper on good ideas rising to the top. I think there are good ideas that will rise to the top or that will rise. You know, I think there are good ideas. I think there will, hopefully there will always be people like us who want to have nuanced conversations. Um, But what I actually see happening is us getting rid of the things that polarize us currently and then becoming polarized by new things. The next thing. Yeah. You all feel like you have a pretty good barometer for bullshit, like when it 
comes to you or do you think sometimes you're kind of fooled by people trying to dupe you with with ideas like generally but that's because i think of i think of meeting needs and other people doing what they need to do to meet needs and so i'm not i'm not open to a lot of things that don't serve some real clear purpose okay okay or a thing that i have decided or accepted as serving a clear purpose mm-hmm um, about some things, but not I, like there are certain populations of people that I that it is much easier for you to bullshit me. Um, I am realizing that with the the work that I do. Um, so I am um, interning at uh, a local high school, and uh, it, there are certain things that like if you come into my space for a specific reason, I'm going to believe you. Mm. Um, and there are some times that I might be getting bullshit, like kids lie, yeah. you know, people lie, kids yeah. lie to their parents, kids lie about what goes on in their house. And so, some kids don't, but uh, I, that is a specific situation where it would be easy to bullshit me. Hmm. Is there any part of you that <clears throat> feels like that can be reckoned with, like in any sort of way, like, or do you just feel like, well, this is that space where I'll be bullshitted and I'll be bullshitted for as long as I'm in this space? Or do you feel like there's something that can be done? The reason I ask these questions is because it seems as though we're, we're pretty much on the same page about, and, and I should ask you as well about your hopefulness and people in this regard. Um, I, I know when I'm looking at someone and again, there's purpose behind what it is they're saying. I listen very intently so I can tell when people are doing like these fucking word salads, these fucking ling linguistical gymnastics. These they're just throwing a bunch of fucking words at you, the filibustering, whatever. What if you double speak all these fucking things that politicians use and people haven't been able to see past politicians just not answering questions, the super ambiguous answers. It's, it's very fascinating to me. People can't see a lot of these things but maybe you just also weren't conditioned to look for certain things so when someone says something to you that's that's it like that's that's what you took it as um and it's fucked up because there's this part of me that wants to believe that when people are speaking with intention and they're they're clearly honest people and there's depth to it and there's there's meaning that that it it feels different that it just it rings different it just resonates different you can you can feel that shit and you're like no this, this person isn't talking like the other ones mm -hmm. like i feel it on a different frequency and i'd like to think that that sort of just ring because because we we all revere a lot of the same music and a lot of the same films that that touch us and it's because i like think it's because there's there's something very deeply you know embedded in it it's just these these morals and these stories that just that fucking touch all of us that's why disney's as great as it is it's like these a lot of these films we feel the story like we know exactly what's going on in it and i like to think that that people feel these things and if you turn just you, whatever fucking conventional news station on versus you know some third party podcast that's just having all sorts of people on and they're just some are experts some people are just 
you know, spitballing, but having honest conversations about it, you can you can feel the difference. It's like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or any of those like late night television shows. They're fun and you get like what they're about. But now that there's a day and age where there are podcasts where people have full length conversations, you look at those or you look at news stations and you're just like, Okay, we have to uh, talk about the war in Ukraine. You have uh, three minutes. Go. That's yeah. it. Like, yeah. Whoa, whoa. These are huge ideas. These are very complex, nuanced things. We have to be living in a day and age where we know that this isn't the real thing going on. Sure. You would like to think that people are seeing past some of this bullshit. And I think that a lot of this technology has hindered us in a lot of ways, hindered our thinking, because it's just very, very easy. Sometimes I'll just I'll listen to someone talk and I know they just got their opinion off of Twitter. Like I just I can I can hear it. All yeah. the keywords. It's already prepackaged. Oh like, no, my god. Yeah. You, you shaped that? I don't think you did. <laughs> it's it, still got the fingerprints on it from somebody else. Like I can I can you can feel, feel it. Yeah. 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 You know, so you know, there's this bit of me that wants to feel like true just truth and depth and meaning and in all of its sheer profundity does shine through and touch us on a very, very deep level. But then there's just this other part of me that's just looking around <laughs> and observing and seeing people fooled by all sorts of shit. And then we're talking about this model being built. And I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I think art will always have a place. I think what you're talking about, about these things that will shine through, I, I think they will always have a place. I think um, especially as the facade of human connection, as the facade of language, as the facade of what we see increases, mm -hmm. I think there will be a bigger demand for the actual thing. Um, but is it going to outweigh the... The facade? No, I don't think so. Yeah, art has always been indispensable, it feels mm -hmm. like. There's never been a society or like a culture that didn't like sculpt or paint or write or play drums or some form of music. Always. Paint stuff on them. No matter what's been going on, even if you hear about cultures and civilizations that they did just fall into the sea or fall to war, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. They always created art. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of art being indispensable is not the same thing as me saying funding for the Kennedy Center is indispensable. No, no, art, like people being honest and having those kinds of expression is indispensable yes. to, to any kind of civilization of people. Yes. Because somebody's gotta say what they're really feeling, what they're really going through. Mm -hmm. People wanna know that they that they were here. They wanna leave some impression that they actually mattered. Mm -hmm. And you do that by doing things that are also meaningful to other people and to create space for other people to live. Like it's not just that you have lived, like you open up the, the room to, for other people to talk, for them to live. Mm -hmm. To be heard and ex experience things that let them know that their life is mentionable and real. Do you feel like, wait a minute, because I never asked you, oh, hold on to that. Are you hopeful in this regard for people, human beings in, in general? Very hopeful. Not, not as optimistic as I've always been, but definitely hopeful. Okay. Yeah, because of what I think of us, but yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. What do you think of us? I think that we are some kind of conscious being in an entirely unconscious universe. And that feels special to like sum it up. It feels special. Okay. That's a great segue into this. Um, 
the types of conversations that we're having right now. You guys have them often with other people? Blaze and I have them often, more often than not with other people. Just far between. Just in the house, you mean Mm -hmm. between yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be there's like there are occasions where it'll happen where we get in the space. Like I get to talk to my siblings about certain things, and that's nice that they are open to it. And um, so yeah, not as often as I would like to, but that's the thing that I don't believe in. I don't push resolutions, but that's the thing that I've worked this last year to reconcile is to spend more time with the people who create space for for us to have these kinds of conversations. Right. So that step is over. Next step. So are we in agreement that um, the people that we are in the way that we choose to express ourselves and remain open and receptive to information and try our best to have the objective of coming together and trying to understand what the fuck is coming out of other people's mouths, right? Because there's all these wild, you know, concepts going on in people's minds, and we try our best with our little stupid monkey mouths to <laughs> to put it into words. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in agreement that that is the minority. Absolutely. Okay. How does it feel? Have you have you thought deeply about being the minority in that way? And, and what that means to to be a conscious being on this planet and the chances of that even happening or any of this happening in this world is, is fucking insane. But then inside of all of that weirdness in, of chance to be one of those conscious beings that is like an actual conscious being that can have these conversations and have ex, ex, access to these thoughts have you have you reconciled with just those ideas and and what is what does that reckon uh reckon reconciliation feel like what does it mean to you it feels like responsibility accepted i think mm-hmm. it's um i mean part of me i already exist as a minority in a lot of communities that i've ever been a part of so i have a lot of practice and being like physically presenting as a minority. Mm. What that means is I have to know things about the majority group that it doesn't know about itself. I have to know mm. things about myself that the majority group doesn't know about me. And so when you're a minority in the way that you think and speak, so there's a lot of the same rules. You yeah. gotta know about, you gotta know things about the majority group that it doesn't necessarily know or even want to know about itself. And a lot of times you gotta know that to keep yourself safe. Mm. And then you've gotta know things about yourself that the majority group doesn't know about you. So you can like keep your humanity intact because it's gonna think of you as the outlier, as the other, and it's not gonna know how similar you are, but you've gotta know it. Otherwise, like you're gonna get consumed by its idea of you. Mm. Like I believe that identity is, it's the collection of ideas that you accept to be true about yourself. So if you go on and look at the group and say, give me an idea about who I am. If you accept that idea, you can get lost. Mm. So if you are in the minority, in the way that you think, you've gotta figure out a way to accept the ideas that you believe to be true about who you are. So that's part of accepting that big responsibility. Hmm. I mean, it's not a big responsibility. It's just a daily consistent responsibility, but consistency is kind of, it's big in its own way. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you don't have to take it on as some huge lump sum of responsibility. You just know you're just diligent in your daily workings, mm-hmm. your, your daily exchanges. Yeah, yeah. And also there's there's no other way to be, you, at least at least for me, you know? It's true. Like, it almost like, feels easy in that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's inevitable. It's simple in that way. It's not necessarily easy, but I mean, it's sure. like, what, what am I going to, what am I going to do? Not 
pay attention, not try to work on my self-awareness, not try to be a conscious being in this world. Like, I mean, there might be days, there might be moments where I try to choose like the easier thing. Um, but this is who we are. This is who I am. Like it doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel like a big responsibility. It just feels like what I do like I the do. breaks. The breaks do feel good. Like I was, I was serious in the beginning. When I said, uh, "Conk ain't dead." Like I will listen to Duke Deuce on the way to the gym, <laughs> and I'm turning that radio up, and I'm in the car just losing it. I'm like, yeah, because it feels good. Like that's that's the whole reason. Yeah, there's no deeper meaning to it. Then I go and I go to the gym. You, but you I, feel like that's a break. I don't even know. If, see, see, you may be too conscious. You don't even know that that's not a break. Is it not? No, no. You, it's because you're just why? Because you're having a good time. I think it's a break because I'm not like. Uh, Contemplating the meaning of life. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm only thinking about the physical, sensory experience, and that mm. that is it. That's why it feels like a break because generally, I am thinking about things in terms of seconds. Like we'll sit and talk about things like workouts, and Blaze like, how long do you think it will take you to do this? And I break it down into seconds: how many calories, how many thrusters, how many pull-ups, how many X, Y, and Z. I say, okay, well, each round of this workout should take me this number of seconds. I break it that far down. When I'm in the car and Crunk Ain't Dead is on, I'm not doing any of that. I'm yeah. just physically feeling, just like in my shell. Just being like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I think that being able to connect with that, though, is part I think of so. our experience. I, so. I, I think so, because oh, it just makes me think of dancers that just lose themselves. Like, they're like, I'm so out of my head. It's all body. It's fun to see that. You mm -hmm. know, and, and oh, it's so beautiful. It's so. I saw a video of this little girl. She, she had to be like fucking six years old tops. She was amazing. She was like crumping and she it was like a choreographed dance with her and a bunch of like older women behind her. But she was, I mean, her rhythm and just even the looks on her faces, mm -hmm. she She's had it down. Like, yeah. Okay. It was amazing. Awesome. Like the footwork, she was sliding and shit. And like <laughs> it was so good. And she, I was, that's all I could think was, wow, she's so out of her head. Like she's just, it's just all just this cellular thing going on with her body. It's mm -hmm. just in rhythm. It's just all in synchronization, harmony, just mm -hmm. moving together. And, but I think that that's, I think that's huge. For a lot of people, that is a sense of, of spiritualism. Oh, for sure. You know, and so, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because you're, you're connecting with this thing in a very very just visceral and fulfilling way you know so i i think that that's still that's still within that category it, it falls like, underneath it it's just not as heady yeah i think that's right. why i like fighting because you can't lie in there you can bring ego if you want to i fought a guy i don't even know if he spoke english but we spoke the truth in that moment <laughs> one of us, we couldn't lie to each other you we know spoke like, the truth. like this is the oldest language you and i that we know this uh -huh. conflict thing between two people who are opposing forces like and then afterwards, we smiled and took pictures together. But it just felt so good to be so brutally honest. Mm -hmm. And like you're thinking because you're having to make the right decisions so that this guy doesn't knock you out in front of your family. Mm -hmm. But like suplex you. That's what he was trying to do. Yeah, he was trying it real hard. Well, I was trying to suplex him. But um, thought, no, no, he hip tossed me twice. But there was a point where I had locked arms around him and was trying to suplex him, and he was moving real well. That didn't happen. But like you're just being a kind of honest that you don't get to be when you're just. I don't know, doing whatever your day-to-day -day thing is. Mm. But so, yeah, so there is a really nice um, part to that physical thing that it's not a break, but it's like, I don't know, it's a detour from my usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I see, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You're, just, you're doing it in a different way. Mikey and I, were t I think we were talking about Sluggo. 
And we were just saying that we love the row machine so much because you can go as hard as you want. You're not going to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you can just fucking get after it. And there's this point that, you know, a lot of people that exercise get to where I, th I think Mikey used the best word, which is like a trance where you're fucking going. You've broken through the sweat and you've already made the decision in your mind that you're going to keep going. There is no there, there is no you've made that decision. You're going to keep pulling the fucking thing. And there's fucking sweat flying off you. You're drenched in it. You're breathing heavy, but it's a conscious breath that you're taking. And I don't know. It's like, again, like you're out of your head. You're just in your body. You're just doing this moment. And I guess the best thing is it's sort of like a meditation in a sense. Like you're just fucking doing this thing. I'm just going to keep fucking rolling and keep fucking rolling. And the thoughts are gone. Like you don't have time to be trying to fucking figure out philosophies. Like it's just, it's just not a thing. Doing it. It's just the doing and knowing that you're breaking past some barrier, you know, some bullshit ass barrier that maybe you told yourself before, I can't do it. Well, well never mind. Blaze said I could. So I guess I need to go do it now. <laughs> and you just keep doing it. And it feels so good, this trance that you can kind of get in. I don't know. It's, I don't I don't know exactly what's taking place. I just I know that people call it just like a runner's high. Flow state. A flow state is more yeah, more so I guess it resonates with me more. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean I, I think that's what keeps that's what brings me back to coaching over and over again. It's like, yeah, the sets and the reps and the technique, like all of that is relevant because I need to have you in the safe like the safer you are the easier that is for you to be in that transit, like you were just talking about on the rower. Like nothing bad's gonna happen on a rower. Like, yeah, you're not you're gonna, gonna drop any right. weight yeah. on your toe. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna be all right. Um, but the better your technique is for all these different things, the safer it is for you to get mm. into that. The less guardrails you're gonna, your brain is gonna put on your body. Like you will be quicker or more willing to get into that flow state. Mm. Um, and in the uh, kind of in that realm. Lots of times what people will call that, the beginning of that is being able to express your fitness. It's uh, mm. like uh, there's a certain amount of fitness that you have. You can't always express it for different reasons. Um, and lots of times the biggest reason is because you're not ready. Like you physically don't have the, the training underneath you. Um, so when you get to the point where you can't express your fitness and get to that, that's usually a good indication that you are expressing your fitness, that you can get into that kind of like trans state. Uh, did you want to say more about the responsibility? Or, yeah, or like uh, reconciling that oh. being conscious. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the big things that I think about is always just wanting to carve out space for that. So I try not to insist on it with people. Um, I can be an insistent person. You said a, a word at the very beginning of this conversation. You were talking about your family and how they were like, they view you as like, you were like, I don't know if I'm intense um, that word has been used on me a lot. Uh, you know, like I've had people like say to my face, like coach Blaze, like, why is this always so serious with you? Why are you always so intense? Blah, 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 blah. Um, so I try not to be insistent about this space, but the balance I'm trying to bring is always trying to leave a space for it, carve out a space for it. And there are different things that I do, like little things that I do, uh, for that. At the gym specifically, I always try to make sure I stick around and we have lots of good conversations after the workouts. 
Um, and I try to have it like nobody's on their phones and I wasn't like no phones, but nobody's on their phones and we're just talking about things that come up. Lots of times we're talking about food cause we just worked <laughs> out, but, uh, we'll just have conversations about things that are on, um, people's minds. And I don't try to force the conversation. I just try to be there to have that conversation with people because I think the way that people converse in air quotes converse the most right now is on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook. And that's not a conversation. Um, so I try to make space for that. Uh, I'm a little bit odd in this sense, but I have a library, like I have a, a physical library. Um, that's the thing that I do to, I don't know if you guys would connect these ideas, but in my mind, they're connected. Um, I don't, like it's another physical space where it's like, this is actually happening. Like I'm reading where my feet are. I am where my feet are. Uh, this is a, this isn't like digitally somewhere. Like this is a book that I have in my hand that somebody put effort into. And now I have it in my hands. The, the, the physical representation of that matters to me. Um, I still write things by hand as much as I can. Mm. Like I, that's kind of how I, view that responsibility i don't know like people would call it like analog or whatever but i am trying to preserve the physical aspects of things that's part of how i reconcile with it one of the things i really love about that idea came from a friend telling me um we were just talking about I'm like man i got all these dvds what am i gonna do with them i'm like i'm like i'm gonna probably convert them to digital he's like well you know it's like for sure but just know that when you convert them you're gonna lose fidelity and so i'm like Huh. Like it, it was like a message that was for me that didn't have shit to do with DVDs, but it was like I thought about the idea of fidelity and like this um, this quality of being true to the original article. Mm. So he's like, okay, so when you you convert these things, when you go digital, you're gonna lose fidelity. You're gonna lose the quality of being true to the original article. And I was like, damn, how much of that do I do in my own life with how I interact with people or how I express myself? How often am I losing? the quality of being true to the original article of being true to the original idea or the original art, the original um, art form or the medium. Like how often am I not writing when I could be, or when I'm not, when I'm not turning a page when I could be. Um, so it just made me think about losing fidelity. Okay. I don't want to go too far with being digital because I'll lose the quality of being true to the original article. Hmm. Also, I'm a little bit paranoid about it being taken away from me. Like a I, Fahrenheit. Yeah, like Fahrenheit 451 situation. Have you read Fahrenheit 451? I haven't, you but know, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, what's funny is that all those were taken away even physically, but I think it would just be so much easier to do, like if your entire library is digital and somebody's actually like, actually that book is banned now, bloop, and then it's just not in your library anymore. Oh, the way that HBO did with uh, Taxi Cab Confessions, and you can't find it nowhere. That kind of thing. Yeah, that would be <laughs> unfortunate. Are you upset about that? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's not on the web anywhere? I haven't been able to find it. I'm sure you could go to like some yeah, weird yeah. corner where they got things that you don't necessarily yeah, use. Yeah, one of those basement gargoyles you're talking about. They got them. Like, they can get them to you. I got Somebody's you got it on I'm VHS. I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's, somebody's got it. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't like those. Those are probably the biggest things. I try to uh, conserve spaces for fidelity, conserve spaces for having actual interactions, and um, yeah, I don't see it as a responsibility. It's just what is. It's just what is. I yeah. I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no other way to be at this point. Are you concerned it's going to be like lonely? Are you concerned we're going to be 
No, 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 no. Well, first of all, lonely. To, I'm not. I, I can be by myself. That's totally fine with me. Um, I think isolation is beautiful. It can it can be a beautiful thing for certain people. Clearly not for everyone. We people have been through that, and we saw mental health deterioration. Yeah. So it's not good for everyone. But I think a lot of isolation is good for certain people. If you know, if you have certain practices, and you know exactly how to deal with that thing, you have to have the tools. Um, no, I, I'm I'm not thinking about being lonely. I'm. It's on the other end of the spectrum, actually. It's I just feel gratitude, like an immense immense gratitude and I, I can't even i can't even tap into all of it i have before well no not all of it i could i also probably would have never stopped crying but there was just this point where i really and i was completely sober i i, I don't know why it was this particular day i think like a, an overwhelming amount of people had said nice things to me that day completely unrelated incidents and i was just like fuck man like people keep saying nice things to me and like that trigger like this whole series of thoughts was like that's not everyone's day mm -hmm. you know and for whatever slew of reasons i've been gifted this character that allows me to be the person that experiences people that like this character and, and appreciate this person and they and they and they feel comfortable telling this person this thing because sometimes you feel like motherfuckers' ego is big and you don't want to tell them that you like them or that they're good at anything because you like it's going to go to their head. But yeah. to feel that you can say this thing to this person, and and just the other day, some employees of mine got me a bunch of gifts. I I did not see that shit coming. I fucking I broke down, started crying immediately. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> immediately started crying. Yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> and. I'm like, to be someone, because I can't take credit for it all. There are way too many factors to do that. But so to win this lottery, to be someone that people enjoy and I can, and I can garner good friendships with people, meaningful friendships where people actually care about you and they, they want the best for you mm -hmm. and they don't want you to just follow them or believe what they want. You know, again, the Ben Afflecks of the world and Goodwill Hunting. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. friends like that. And not only that, but the lottery of being able to have your mind blossom and see things in just a beautiful, robust, vivid way. And and it's it's pragmatic, but it's also very poetic mm -hmm. and romanticized, which is why I love fiction and nonfiction just as much. And in that I can sit down and I I decided to try to hone my communication skills so I can speak in a way and try to fit these puzzles together in my mind and articulate them, put them out on a plate that is clearly digestible for other people. Mm -hmm. And on the other end, which is more so my favorite thing to do is just listen and I'm able to listen to people and understand what it is they're talking about and then ask appropriate questions if I don't certain understand certain things. And for us to just get closer and closer and closer to some semblance of understanding, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And it's so esoteric. It's so regal and just, it's, everyone does not have that. 
and it's a wealth. It's a wealth far past money. It's it's such a wealth. And I, I think about that. I'm like, fuck, man. People don't have that. They don't have that. And they'll they'll never taste it, never touch it, never sense it in any sort of way. And to be one of the few humans that will, out of billions and billions and billions of humans that will taste that, I, I can't even bring myself to know how grateful I even ought to be. Like, I can't even, my I don't even have the capacity for that feeling or else I would just be crying for the rest of my life, <laughs> just in tears of joy. Mm -hmm. Who do you share? You said you don't take full credit for it. What or who do you share that credit with? The, fuck. Uh, the long line of series of events that took place in order for me to be here at this moment. Uh, you know, like someone asked me the other day, or what do you think about coincidences? It's like, what's the fucking type of question is this? I was like, I was like, that is that is that it? Like, that's as vague as you just you just want me to go. Okay. Uh okay. And then I started getting into it and I was like, well, I I I'm never looking into the stars and thinking, oh wow, fuck, I I saw that person at the, the mall today. That must have been written in the stars. Like, I if if I am to use the word coincidence. It's probably just my dumb human way of thinking. I don't know how to explain it. And then therefore it was like this grand thing that happened. But if I had the full scope of everything that has ever happened in history ever, I'd be like, well, that's not a coincidence. Like that was going to happen. Like that was meant to happen. It was like it started here. And there was this long domino trail that landed to this thing. We just don't have the scope of that because we couldn't. But I, I don't know if it's a coincidence. It's just, that's just our lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. Do you um, see intentionality in that, though? Like when you get to that point and you say, okay, well, there was time and circumstance and experience that led to this. Do you see that as like just the right ingredients to make this outcome? Or do you see it as like, yeah, these things are almost put in place to this outcome? put in place because then it, the, the question i would have for that would be well who's doing the pudding I think um, that's what he's asking. yeah no 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 if we're, if we're talking about like a bigger picture type of deal no i mean it could very well be the case i wouldn't know um but no i don't i don't uh i don't purport to to know or or to feel like I could have a grasp on something that would be that large. Yeah, no, I would never be able to know that. I, I'm very okay with not knowing things. And I think that that's a, that's a very, very big issue for a lot of people because they need definitiveness. Like, I, I need to know the answer to this, which is why, going back, people would just say, yeah, let me grab that ideology off you. Yeah, that's mine now. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to be ideologically, ideologically possessed, captured, totally Absolutely, because yeah, I, I I am not okay with not knowing the answer, and a lot of times the answer is that there isn't an answer, and if if, if that's not that's not good enough for a lot of people. Is that almost? I feel like what I know for sure, and I don't, which is less and less as time goes on. The one thing I know is that my view of the universe is absolutely smaller than the universe itself. Mm. And I know the universe has no obligation to be understood by any human being. So no matter what anybody tells you about what they know, often what they're describing is 
hey, I made a choice to accept this belief statement. That's usually what they're describing, but sometimes they don't always have the words. And so they say, I know, mm-hmm. which yeah. is fine. Mm-hmm. But to think that the universe is either infinite or it stops someplace almost feels mystical in and of itself. Because I'm like, I don't even understand how to conceive of something being truly endless. And then I don't also understand how to conceive of a universe that stops. Yeah, someone, yeah. Like my imagination can't do that. Yeah, like there's this thing with, with God where people do this thing. And I don't, I don't like this argument. Like they'll be having a conversation with a religious person. And they'll feel like they have religious persons uh, fucking, uh, what is it called? Checkmated when they're just like, when they're just like, well, if God created everything, then what created God? And I'm just like, all right, so you feel like that's the, okay, well, what if I tell you? This will stop them. Yeah. yeah. I was like, but what if I told you? And I don't, I'm not even a believer, but what if I told you that God was endless? And like, what What if you, you're just, your brain can't conceptualize what that means, but it was, en- what if it was, it, w- it wasn't made. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's an endless thing. Endless both You're just ways. like, what does that mean? No, that can't be. Yeah, because you look at things linearly. You sure. look at things, it, there's a start and a finish. Right, there's but, a womb, there's a tomb, beginning and an end. But what if that isn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah, our view of the world is inherently smaller than the, our view of the universe is inherently smaller than the universe itself. Mm-hmm. It just always will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do want to push back a little bit on a word that you used mm-hmm. when you were describing um, your gratitude. You said the word lottery a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just for you and for anybody who might be listening, I, I heard you take some credit. Yeah. Um, and I just like want to like help you crystallize that I keep hitting mm-hmm. this. because uh like you're so it w- intense it, w- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it wasn't inevitable that you ended up here even with all the circumstances that you've been through even with the family that you have like you have even in this conversation described a series of choices a series of decisions that you made that have led you to be more in the place that you want to be and you absolutely have something to do with that mm-hmm. and i like just wanted to encourage you to recognize that. And also I don't want anybody listening to think that it's like this ability to be self-aware, to become more self-aware because you never just arrive at it. This ability to become self-aware is not a lottery that you win or don't win. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have, it's a choice that you can make. It's a choice that you can keep making every day. There are certainly things that you go through or situations or circumstances that you're born into and experience that, uh, would make it more readily available to you, but it's not a lottery that you win or don't win. Mm. So you can't be it or be it. Yeah, I think that there's, I mean, this is like a nature nurture type of conversation. So I, I, I there's clearly room for both, there has to be. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's just so much that I, that I can't take account for. So maybe I overcorrect in putting a lot of stock in that because mm-hmm. I just I I just couldn't know all of the things that make me me outside of me choosing options on a day-to-day basis. Even me having the options to choose from seem like that is heavily bestowed upon me by a series of events that took place. And so I tried and, and so I think that there's a lottery given to people and some people draw shitty numbers 
all the time. Mm-hmm. And some people draw better numbers. And then just like the lottery, they also take that money and then they turn it into shit. They're out of money. They're on the fucking street. It's crazy. And then there are other people that win the lottery and they do fantastic things with it. So there's there's certainly room for both of those things. And I, I'm not going to take I'm not going to completely you know, absolve myself of any any responsibility in it whatsoever because then that would also be on the other end of the spectrum where it's just like once I do shitty stuff it's like hey man that ain't me, <laughs> that ain't me it's a series of events that just took place what yeah. you want me to do you know what I mean so, <laughs> I didn't choose that shit man <laughs> uh, yeah but there, and, there, and there is something in that as well when people do very very terrible terrible things there's a large part of me that's like I could have been them. I think, and I talked about this on the last episode I did, I think I'm an idiot if I'm not taking wildly good care of myself. I've seen myself make terrible decisions. Absolutely terrible decisions. I'm like, why was I making those decisions? I wasn't taking good care of myself. My health was fucking shit. And I feel like the closer I get to better health, the better decisions I'm making. I mean, your head is clear. You feel lighter. You just you just start making better decisions. Better decisions drop down in your Dropbox, and you can choose from better ones. Um, and so I think about people just placing other positions, and the lottery pick wasn't that great. And I think about this. Uh, I guess this sort of uh, exercise that Jordan B. Peterson would do with his with his students, and he would be asking them. How many of you would have been like a Nazi soldier, you know, <clears throat> back in the war? And of course, everybody's on their moral high horse. And they're just like, not me. All of you. Not me. All and he's like, so you understand that that is statistically impossible, right? <laughs> like you have to be you, like what they were. They, these were human beings that were placed in a certain place. And as you were saying before, as certain pressures arise in certain groups of people accepting that pressure mm-hmm. and the, uh, that oppression arise and augment with time, you're going to slowly find yourself looking to your left and your right and being like, oh, fuck. I get <laughs> Damn. How did this happen? I thought we were just Germans. I thought we were going to call Jenny. What happened? happened? <laughs> we Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought we was going a different direction. Where, where did y'all say we was going? I know it was a four year enlistment. I didn't think it was, we were going to go this far in four years. And, and so you know, I, I I think about that because a lot of times it's just, it's just a lot of wild circumstances that put people in positions, and so it, it's like a weird thing to try to like the the legal system. Is, it's got to be terribly flawed. We look back at like old TV shows or maybe you just look into old cases from like 20 years ago, 30 years ago when there was no fucking like CSI. 2018, what? <laughs> 2018. Yeah, I mean, when there, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you can Which do was now. five years ago, by the way. It's just what? things, things are pretty bad and they, and they work. <clears throat> just if you look back like 30 years, you're like, you're thinking, how were they convicting people? Like what was, how were they getting evidence for things? Like mm-hmm. what was going on? It was so easy. I mean, Honestly, if you wanted, like in the fucking 50s, to just have a separate family, 
Mm-hmm. You, you just you just drove three blocks that way, just, and you were off the grid. That's yeah, it. you know what I mean. Different zip code. So like committing crimes, everybody was getting away with crimes. You had to be because how the fuck are you gonna catch me? Right. Are you, you kidding me? DNA evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. <I did>. Song <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> My SoundCloud page. Good try. <laughs> SoundCloud doesn't exist yet. <laughs> exactly. So it's 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 just worth investigating or at least just pondering on people just being put in just wildly shitty positions and just some people winning lottery tickets. And again, it's not all or nothing. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be either way. Mm-hmm. I just don't know exactly how much credit to take. That's fair. So two things. Do you, uh, are some of those choices to take care of yourself part of how you reconcile with being conscious? Like you're like, okay, I'm aware of these better choices. I gotta make the better choices. The way that I look at that is, so, and it's something that's resonated with me when you were talking about people being like, why has everything got to be so fucking serious with you? I'm quite intense with certain things. And I it's because I also feel like it couldn't be another way. So I I tapped into a beauty that that life has for me. It has in store if I would like to be a part of it. And... And the more and more I participate in it, in a way, I just call it following the rules, just doing the things that I know that are right, just just doing them, not making excuses, just fucking doing the things. If I do those things enough, my life is getting better in an exponential way. And it's it's getting better in a way where I I don't I don't know where it continues to go. It's very exciting. Because I, I just don't know how good it can get, but I know it can continue to get good. It's very beautiful. It's very fulfilling. And I'm like, well, at this point, I, I'm addicted. Like, I want life to keep going this way. And the momentum has just been built in such a way. Where I feel like that's just the, the way it's it's headed. I don't know if I take it on as a responsibility, like, because I have it, I must do it for the sake of, for, for the sake of, because I know I have something that other people don't, I must therefore treat it well. I don't know if that's how I sort of articulate it. I just know that it's enriching to me and I like enriching. So I try to do as much as I can to maximize the enrichment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's the sort of way that I go about that. That's the way that I, I conceptualize that. Um, what was yeah. the second thing? I sometimes think of like a like a lottery as like there's an outcome. It's based on probability, a non-zero number. I think of the existence of human beings being based on a probability of non-zero. I don't know. It's the likelihood of a human existing, but in a scenario where the universe is infinite then that means that there is intelligent life someplace else because any non-zero number, it's got its complement someplace else where this thing has also occurred in endless space. So if I ran a lottery where I would keep drawing numbers till the end of time, all people would eventually have their number drawn. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, in the universe that goes on until the end of time, all probabilities will be like born out. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder, like, do you, do you think we're alone? 
aliens exist or any kind of extraterrestrial anything? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if they're amongst us. I don't know if they've made contact with us. Uh, I've heard good arguments for why that would be the case with Mm -hmm. a lot of the things, a lot of the architecture that's here that we don't understand. Um, 3,000 years before it's time. How did they do that? Slaves. They did it with slaves. (laughs) Highly intelligent slaves. Um, Strong as hell, too. People are like, how could something like this be done? It's like, well, why don't you enslave an entire people for generations and uh, see what you get done? America, anyway. Yeah, you'll get some shit done, for sure. Uh, Yeah, so... What were we talking about? Aliens. Oh, the existence of aliens. Yeah, no, um, aliens... Yeah, I mean, there's probably something out there. I don't know if I... This is one of those things where uh, I don't put too much time thinking about it. What am I going to do if they are? You know, like, yeah, it could very well be the case. They could be looking at us, just waiting for the right time to come fuck this place up. I think they're, if they're looking at us, they, like, lock their doors when they fly by because they're like, no, raggedy as hell down there. They could do that. Oh. Yeah, like, don't want to, like, what the fuck are they? They're still going through wars down there? Like, they they're hate still, each other. Like, don't yeah. You guys don't recycle? <laughs> <laughs> you guys haven't figured out recycling? Yeah. Is it a, a landfill? Is that a whole spot of garbage? The way I've heard this, so Joe Rogan, he thinks that if they can monitor us, that we would be an interesting species to monitor because he sees us as a species going through an immense evolution, especially at this point in time, on the brink of figuring out so many things for us. And even if it's, even if it is elementary to them, you, we don't like watching babies figure shit out. It's so great. I love it. It's so great. Watch him stand up. Yeah. Everybody we know knows how to stand up, but this one, look at him do it. He fell. He got back up. It's fucking amazing. He never quits. He never quits this one. <laughs> the resilience. Who could pick his head up? The resilience. I mean, just the, I mean, and we look at ant farms. I think I brought this up on the last one. Yeah, we, we look at ant farms. It's, you know, so yeah. you would, I could still see an interest in us, even if we were completely basic to them. You know what I mean? I can still see that. Sometimes I look at human beings and get a great time. So uh, some pretty amusing. Yeah, something I'll do is, again, I'll I'll just sit and I'll listen to people having conversation. And I'll know when two people are having a conversation and something was said and it was so ambiguous. But the person saying it thought that it was very specific, very head on. And they're on two completely different pages. And I know that. And every once in a while, I'll step in and I'll just say, hey, you guys don't understand each other. Hey, ask them about this a second. And then the person will ask the person said question. And then it erupts in an argument. It's like, wait a minute. No, that's not what the fuck I was talking about. And then it just it's like this whole thing. So, yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're very, very interesting people. And I think that's why people's I think top 10 most frequently answered uh, or most frequent answers for favorite things is people watching. Top 10 has got to be in there. Mm. I don't know where it is, but people love people watching. Mm. They love it. There's just something about watching other people. That's why I think reality TV took off the way that it did. 
We just love, just what are you doing over there? Yeah. What do you guys got going on? How are the people doing it? How do you do things? How does your family do things? How do you guys talk to each other? Well, I don't mind you that. I can't stand reality TV. That I, I just know. I missed that one. I know it, I know it did take off. I mean, we're yeah. I think we're all of the road rules, real world. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just, I, don't, I don't care, not one bit. Like that part of me that loves people is the part of me that experiences the responsibility of being conscious. But there's a part of me that's not inherently empathetic, which is a part of me that I haven't liked so much, but I've worked at it. So mm. I think that's why I've described it so much as being responsible or choosing a responsibility because I love people. And like, I want to do something that I think is caring for them. And I'm like, hey, you know, did you, do you recognize that you could look at a certain situation differently? Or when you say that you aren't something, that, do you recognize that you're choosing that belief statement? Maybe you don't feel that or, you know, there's an outcome that is possible for you. You're describing yourself as not the sort of person that can get the results that you want. What if I told you that it's just a matter of effort, consistency, and maybe getting people around you that make it common and easy to do what you want, to do more of what you want? What if I told you that that's possible what would you say like opening people up to that space is huge and that to me is also loving letting mm -hmm. people have more room to be what they want to be not just what they think they have to be and just like what they are beaten over the head with yeah you don't have to resign yourself to being that thing i think you can be more i know you can be more because you can do more and i'm a human just like you humans do more and then they become more than they've been that's just what happens i so to bring this back to the beginning of the conversation um, this lottery idea at the beginning of the conversation, we were talking about, um, there being this pilgrimage between what people know and what people do. And we were talking about it in the context of people going to the gym, among other things, but we we're talking about it in the context of people going to the gym, people being overweight. Um, it is flawed thinking that we all share. When we see other people and we ascribe their, the way that they are to their personality, to their uh, personal characteristics, and we ascribe like where we are uh, to the things around us, uh, it is like it. It is fundamentally part of all of us. We see people who do something and like, they're like, oh, we're like, oh, that person over there, did, they did that because they're a piece of shit or they didn't do that because they're lazy. Me, I didn't do it because I, you know, I didn't have time, you know, work got in the way, things came up. Um, so to connect it to this lottery idea, I think one of the best things that we can do for each other as people is acknowledge or try to best understand the lottery ticket that other people have drawn and how it influences their life. Um, so when we're talking about people who are overweight, um, who aren't in the gym yet, you know, like what about where you are and what you do and what you choose to do and what you don't choose to do leads you to not want to be in the gym. If you know you need to be in the gym, if you, if you know you, if you've said that you want to lose weight, you want to get in shape, whatever, and you're still not there, the easy thing to think would be, oh, it's because you don't have any discipline. It's because you're lazy. Uh, it's because you just don't want to get out of bed in the morning. But the more realistic, I think, thing to think would be, what's what about your lottery ticket influences that decision? And also to recognize the agency that they have in it, because we we everybody has both. We have the circumstances that we come from, and we have our own agency, our own choices to make. Um, so I think we tend to overestimate 
the the circumstances that we come from and underestimate the circumstances that other people come from. And I think we could do a lot to relate to each other better by acknowledging other people's circumstances and talking to them from that lens or just trying to understand it better. Like, for example, um, do you, have you ever listened to Jocko Willink speak? Mm-hmm. I really like Jocko Willink. There's a lot uh, about his method of communication that really appeals to me. Um, but I could totally, if I put myself in the shoes of somebody who is not ready to st- to pull the trigger on something, whatever, I could totally picture myself hearing it and being like, oh, is that all I needed to do? You know, like he's just like, he's like, you know what you need to do? If you if you don't get up early enough, get up early enough. And you're like, oh, word. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> What a great idea. Um, so I think that there are some people like we can talk to we can speak with people about those kinds of decisions. Like, Hey, let's talk about what you do have control over. Let's talk about, um, setting your alarm clock. Let's talk about, you know, eating better. And also let's talk about, and I'm sure this just speaks to what I do for a living, but let's talk about why you wouldn't want to, like, what do you get out of not setting your alarm clock? What do you get out of not being in the gym? You know, do you have anybody in your family that's ever worked out? Is everybody in your family overweight? Do they all talk like it's okay? If you started making these choices, would everybody around you be like, oh, you're trying to better yourself now? You know, so I think that we could just do more to, that's what I was, uh, one of the things I was thinking about when I heard you talking about your lottery is that we could do more to acknowledge the lottery tickets that other people have drawn. And we don't. And I think that's why people um, are shamed out of gyms or shamed into not coming into gyms. It's a reason, not the reason. It's a reason. Is a lot of what you do also based in like a uh, dietitian? Like, uh, no, no, not no, at I all. I am not so a registered dietitian. You, uh, just, you don't touch that. So. <laughs> I, I can absolutely help people uh, with, uh, you know, what to eat. Um, but I am not certified as a registered dietitian. Okay. I was walking through a fucking grocery store the other day and I was, I I do pretty well with my eating, um, whatever that means for me. And I was just looking around. I just, just fucking candy. And I was looking at the ho-hos and I was looking at the, the Doritos and I was just looking just to the left and right. And I was just looking at everything. I was like, you know, this is no revelation, but it's just junk food is fucking everywhere in such abundance. And there's so many great colors and new flavors and all these types of stuff. And I'm looking at the people's shopping carts with all this stuff chucked full of it. And I'm thinking a lot of our decision making is bogged down and, and clouded and smeared because of the things that we put inside of our bodies. And that's a tough one to break for a lot of people. Especially when I see little kids running around with sodas at the age of five or six, it's like, you're already on the train. Like, you know what I mean? So by the time you're 20 years old, you've been drinking sodas and eating pies and shit for breakfast for 20 some odd years. It's very, very difficult to break that. But when you're doing that, I know how tired you get. You just eat that fucking meal. You know you shouldn't be eating. I've gotten high some days. And the munchies always won. And I would just, I would go to places and try to find the nastiest thing they had. Just like 
give me the largest, greasiest fucking thing you have. I want cheese dripping. I don't care. Put more on it. I'll pay for it. I don't care. And give me a 24-ounce milkshake along with it. And those types of things, they make you, they make you sluggish. And your fucking brain shuts down and you want to take, you want to go to sleep. You wake up, you don't feel rejuvenated from the sleep necessarily. I mean, it feels great, but you still feel like a slug. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that we are a lot of what we eat and it's very, very difficult. I feel like that's one of the things that kind of has to be tackled in order to even adopt this better set of option manifesting so that you can even pick a better option because you're right I, there is some hope in this mind I, I i'm not completely hopeless i do think that you're right you can't pull the trigger like you said maybe you're not just ready to listen to jocko and just do the thing but the conversation i was having with a friend yesterday she was saying i maybe they can't make that decision yet but they can, but I do believe that human beings can always make a decision, some decision, and it may be the smallest thing in the world, but it's something that's just like a toe step in that direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what's needed to start to create the momentum that way. I feel like that that food one is is tough because it's it's in your house. It's it's just it's everywhere. It's so accessible. DoorDash, Uber Eats, like whatever you just have it brought to your house. It's it's so easy. 7-Eleven does it. You can get it from anywhere now. It's not even just fast food places. You can just get food from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the stuff is in your system. And I know what it's like to try to have to get intoxicants and stuff out of your system. It takes a little while to feel the the levity and the clear headedness. It takes a little while. So whilst you're trying, so whilst you're hearing people talk to you about making better decisions and who you could be if you just got out of your own way and this, that and the third, you still have all these pollutants and things in your system at the moment that are working against that. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it's like, it, there's just so many things just fighting against the better decision to be made. It's, and it's just, it's a, it's a tough one. It's yeah, a, it's a very complex one. Your physical health and your mental health influence <clears throat> each other greatly. Um, one of the, like the most fundamental things that you can do when you're just starting to help people with their mental health is ask them like the real low hanging fruit stuff. Like mm. how much are you sleeping? What yeah. are you eating like, you know, because uh, your emotional state and your mental state are highly dependent on your physical state. And they, they cycle together. Makes sense that we have so many like sick and misinformed people because like you feed your body and your mind stuff that's really not nourishing you. So, OK, that's going to create some, some pretty profound results. Mm-hmm. Not in a good way. And misinformed people. Oh. Yeah. What were you going to ask her? That's interesting. He's I was going to ask you. Yeah. What? Yeah. He got me. I was going to ask what? Is you all's relationship with food these days? I have a pretty good relationship. It's just eating the same things a lot of times. Oh, yeah. Which is nice because I don't... Like, there is times where I have an emotional attachment to, like, an outing or something. But I don't have quite the emotional uh, connection to food that I probably did in years past. So mm. that's sort of nice. Okay. It's definitely a much more helpful relationship with food than it has been. 
You just try to keep it pretty stringent. Like you, you stridently say, I'm going to eat, what are you eating? Hens. I feel like you're eating little hens. And, and I eat roosters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me the head of the household. I want it. Put a big piece of chicken on my plate. <laughs> bring, bring me the major breadwinner. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, so what we okay? So let's let's try to create like some contrast. So what were you doing in the past where you felt like it wasn't the best relationship? Portions and timing weren't like helpful Portions at all. Time. Like okay, so why are you eating what you're eating in the volume that you're eating it? Like it's eleven thirty. You don't need to eat a box of cereal. <laughs> Consider having a bowl of cereal at 5.30 or 6. Like, use some discretion. Like, this kind of... What do you think you're doing to yourself? What, what was the cereal? What was your thing? That could be anything. Like, oh. it could be pops. A hundred of Cheerios, but I'm like, it's a hundred of Cheerios. It's whole grain. That don't mean anything. You yeah. get a whole box. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a whole lot. Were they it's honey nut? Healthy. Were they honey nut? Yeah, they were it's honey nut. Yeah, it's hard healthy. Yeah, 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 it's good for right. your cholesterol. Good for right. cholesterol. Right. That's what so they, I have that's a whole what, box. It's even better for your cholesterol. The more I have, the better my cholesterol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so going the other direction with that and choosing portions that make sense for my goals and then choosing timing that makes it easier for me to do the same thing consistently. Okay, so you so you feel good when you eat. Like after you eat, you never feel bogged down, slowed down, any of that sort of stuff. You Right, yeah, I think um, also I don't have the decision fatigue because I eat the same thing so often. Like it's the same three or four different meals. There's variations in where you get your protein from, what vegetable, what carb or starch. But beyond that, I don't need that much variation. And most people don't realize that they don't have that much variation either. Yeah. But they often choose foods that don't make them feel the way that they want to feel. Yeah. So. Okay. And you? How do you feel? Um, so I have a decently complicated relationship with food. Um, I'm, you know, kind of in the same spot. Like there's what you know and then there's what you do. Um, I am in a better place currently um with how i'm eating because uh, like vince was saying like don't have a ton of the decision fatigue because it's like okay well what's made in our house um but i have been in the in at points in my life where it's like if this were so first of all, it's weird to say that you have an eating problem when you look like I do because people are like, all right, shut the fuck up. Like, like um, but if it were anything else, like if I described this behavior to you and I wasn't talking about food, like tell me what you would think. It's like, okay, well, um, I'll spend money that I don't have on it. Uh, I will lie to my husband about it. I'll hide it. Um, I'll uh, consume it even when I know it's not good for me. I'll consume it when I don't need it. You know, like if I, yeah, 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 easy. Yeah, it's like, okay, that, that sounds like a fucking problem. Like, <laughs> um, but because it's about food and I don't, I'm not overly skinner, skinny and I'm not overly fat, people are like, whatever, you eating problem. Um, so I don't know, it can, can be kind of hard to deal with, especially because nobody, like, uh, Vince is very helpful, but like, when you're around people, like when I'm around people and I'm at social functions and I eat the entire time I'm there, nobody says anything, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I'm not an overweight person standing next to it. And, and I mean, people probably wouldn't say anything anyway, but people are like, oh, Blaze, you like to snack, huh? Yeah. Gains, woo mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's, I think having an eating problem is, uh, 
kind of a it's kind of an insidious thing to deal with. Like we were just talking about it. You can get food anywhere. And also it's not, I've talked to Vince about this. It's not like, it's not like crack. Like nobody needs a little bit of crack, Mm-mm. you know what I'm saying? But like, I have to eat something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to come in contact with it. Like not everybody's going to come in contact with crack every single day. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. yeah. 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 So like, and it's um like, there'll be times where I realize like I eat, I'm eating as much food as Vince's. Like when you look at our plates, it's like you couldn't tell whose is whose. And I don't I don't need to eat as much food as Vince does. Um, so I don't know. My relationship with food, it kind of depends on the day, the period of time that I'm at. Um, I'm in a better spot right now, I guess, because I have some more concrete goals. Mm. Um, so eating is going to contribute to those or detract from those. So yeah. um, I don't know. I try to just use the experience that I have to be patient with other people and help other people how I can when they're going through something similar. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. People's diets is very, very interesting to me because there've been a lot of people like that. I mean, I feel like I could say the same thing that I had a very unhealthy relationship with food and people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I get it. But there would just be times where I would get high and I'm watching Narcos and I will take a break to go drive to Duck Donuts because they're they're made to order. They're just like these fluffy clouds of just bliss. Yeah, they're me, so damn good. Maple yeah. bacon. And then I'd get this like glaze with cinnamon sugar and like rainbow sprinkles and coconut shredding on it. Mm-hmm. And I would get six donuts. Oh. It's, you don't need, yeah. first of all, you don't, just like you don't need the crack, you don't need a donut, mm-hmm. right? And you most certainly don't need five hits of crack or six donuts. You, yeah. you don't you don't need them. Yeah. And I would have this thing where because I was diminishing my issue with it because of the way that I looked, the way that these people around you would diminish it for you. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think it was that big of a problem, but I knew that it, like it I mean, it was instant gratification. Right, feels great to shove these donuts. Mouth pleasure. It, oh my before. god, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I will shut down. Like I'm done after that. I'm done. You're done for the night. You're done for the next morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm going to sleep like like, like a little baby. It's gonna yeah. be great, but it's not great. Yeah. The stomach doesn't feel good, and you don't realize how this is. This is one thing that kind of could be blanketed over everything we've talked about is you don't know how good things could be unless you have a taste of it. Like you don't really quite know unless there's some intuition and I don't exactly know where that would come from where you think, you know, I haven't felt this thing quite before that I hear other people talk about, but something tells me that there's something really in it. Like I should, maybe I respect the person that's saying it or or maybe they look like me and there's that sense of tribalism. Well, I don't know what it is. But I'm going to try it out. But if you don't, if you don't know that you're missing out, then you you don't know that there's value there. So you don't go searching for it. Yeah. You know? And so I didn't know just how great. Oh, no, I did. Because I would also take a lot of Adderalls. So I'll, I did understand just how clear and how acute the mind can be. And so I was like, oh, I want this. I just don't want it in pill form. Like I need mm-hmm. to find a way to not have all these side effects and stuff too. Right. So then I went looking for it just in, in a clean way. 
So there, there is something to be said about how to get to these things. Um, we, uh, we've talked about that before. Uh, when I started working at the gym, uh, I coached the morning classes and that was when we had a 5:30 AM class and I lived, uh, not in the same city. So I was getting up at like three 45. Right. Um, so that's a pretty early bedtime if you want to get eight hours of sleep. And I never went to sleep that early, uh, you know, cause I, you know, would like to see Vince and everything like that. Um, and then when my shift changed, like when I started coaching different classes and I was like, oh, because before that I had been in the Marine Corps, like, you know, you know, sleeping enough. Uh, and uh, the, the first time you get seven or eight hours of sleep consistently, you're like, is this what the world looks like? Oh, uh-huh. my gosh. Or like people who uh, I don't know how many people you talk to. I talk to a ton of people that come in the gym and I'm like, you know, asking preliminary questions. I'm like, OK, how much water do you drink a day? And they're like, oh, well, I have a lot of tea. I'm like, that's not what I asked you. Uh, and they're yeah. like, oh, well, I have uh, three cups of coffee and then just Diet Coke for the rest of the day. And I'm like, so how much water are you drinking? And they're like, oh, uh. They, they're not drinking water in a day. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then they start drinking water for the first time. And they're like, oh, oh, is this what a human body is like? Mm. This is so amazing. But they don't know any different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That blows my mind. I've talked to so many people like that. They're like, no, I have like, uh, you know, 120 ounces of caffeine or of, of Coke in a day. No water. That's surreal. It blows my mind. It's like a kind of neglect. But when you're not acquainted with any way to, you haven't really been taking care of yourself. You're like, okay, I don't really know that I'm being neglected. Mm-hmm. I don't know that my body is neglected because mm-hmm. I've never understood what it feels like to be in a different state. Yeah. Your body can deal with so much. Your body can deal with so much. Yeah, and that's, that's, the, that's the hard thing about it is like, how do you, I mean, well, you said it's a, again, it's a, a moment to moment individualistic type of thing where you have to work with someone and try to have that exchange rate, you, you put it as. Like, how do you tell someone that there is something to aim for that like they could feel better without them having already felt what that better feels like in in selling it in a way that yeah it's like you almost have to make them feel it before they feel it in a sense mm-hmm. you could choose somebody who they like imagine Dwayne Johnson tells you you're supposed to wear these lifting shoes they're going to sell a lot of those shoes because they're like I want to feel the way that I think Dwayne Johnson feels and they'll go out and buy them so you got to find that person that message that already has some kind of buy-in with them with that person. yeah you're like oh you know what you ride harley davidson well do you know what the best accessory for harley davidson is our saddlebags our brand of saddlebags and like the president of harley davidson comes out and he goes yeah no shit mm-hmm. and you're gonna sell a ton of them yeah because they're like really that's just it they're mm-hmm. already bought in they haven't felt them seen them none of it i do that with vincent at the gym constantly like probably every time he's in the gym like i'll say something to somebody guys usually i'll say something to somebody and i'm like yeah you know try this and they're like yeah sure whatever and then uh, Vince will do it, and they're like, "Oh well, what's he doing? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look like that. I'm gonna do what that guy's doing." And I'm like, "You should, you should do what wow. he's doing." <laughs> huh. But that's because they identify with it more. Right. They're like, "I don't want to look like you, lady. I'm gonna look like him." <laughs> right. Okay. So ultimately, lead by example. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. the most powerful thing you can be. You can model the kind of behaviors that uh, that are gonna give people the results they want. And figure out the example that speaks to people. Yeah. Yeah. Suzanne Summer selling those thigh masters. I don't even know what those things did, but she sold a lot of them. Thigh masters. Mm-hmm. I don't know about. Oh, you did. It's got like a little red hinge on it with mm-hmm. a little blue arms. And that people makes were, sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing the 
doing the these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys use any uh like there like uh massage guns or anything like that? Or do you get no, massages? I've at some. Or... We used to get massages pretty regularly. I haven't gotten back to it yet. It's just uh the thing that we hadn't prioritized again. Mm -hmm. My little sister just got a fucking Thera gun that that heats oh. and cools. Wow. Yeah, and it really works. It gets That's really cool. hot and it gets really cold That's as right. it's fucking massaging you. I was like, I see wow. that Thera gun. Yeah, okay. that's nuts. That's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty beautiful. And her body's all fucked up from like years of gymnastics. So she's like an old woman, but she's 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she's doing a lot of that. But yeah, ultimately, I think that everything that we've said here is I think that th this is great. Ultimately, I need you guys to get out of my house. No, 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 no. Well, no. Yeah, hold on, what time is it? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to sleep. That's a fact. Bring a pizza. I'm definitely, I'm definitely. I told Vince, I was like, should should we bring snacks? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have been at it. How? What do you guys think? How long? Uh, maybe three and a half. Let me say three. Two fifty nine. Oh dang! Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was really good. Seven yeah. hours. Um. Yeah. So. I would just like to say, again, as just the supplement to that part we're speaking about gratitude, I don't take conversations like these for granted. I really, really don't because I know just how rare they are and how precious um, they are. And I cherish them. I really, really do. Um, I, I love that we have access to this. And, you know, I've said it before, say it for the rest of my life. These types of conversations beget growth in ways that I don't I don't know in the moment. Like I couldn't know in the moment. But then time goes on and things settle in and they distill into something that, that makes sense later on. And I, but I am really, really good at in the moment knowing when it's happening. I don't know what it means yet. I haven't gotten there because that's that processing is way too fast. I could never do that. But I do know when I'm in the moments that are going to be heavily, heavily impressive for me and my psyche. And this is one of those moments. So I really, really appreciate you guys coming in and sharing this space. And, you know, it's been it's been like a fucking year. We should do it again, but not in a year. <laughs> OK. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we really yeah, have enjoyed you. being here. Yeah, thank yeah, you man. so Good much time. for having Always. us. Yeah, I we really don't appreciate that. We don't like like you asked. Like we have conversations like this with each other a lot, but we don't talk to a lot of other people like this. So yeah, we are sit around for three hours pontificating. We yeah. all philosophizing over there. Yeah, yeah. Talking about CC and the homies. And... <laughs> talking about CC and the homies. <laughs> Yeah. It's a big swing. It's a big swing. Yeah, everyone yeah. CC your homies. Let them know that life is too short to just keep following them around forever. <laughs> you have to choose shit. choose your own path. It's okay. It's it's okay. And um, know that you have the agency to live your life the way that you want to. And you don't have to do it the way that other people have written it for you in their own minds. They will go through some distress because you don't choose to live life as their slave. But that's just that's just life. It is what it is. That's what it has to be in order for you to be able to thrive. Period. That's it. So hopefully you don't just now know that. Hopefully you will do it mm -hmm. as well.
That's what I got. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to say? Uh, just recognize that every single person has a right to be uncommon if they can. Just expect to pay for whatever it is you want to get out of this life because we're going to pay for everything that we've done and allowed ourselves to become anyhow. That's a recurring idea from, from years gone by that we pay for everything we do and everything that we have allowed ourselves to become. And we pay for it very simply by the lives that we lead. So just know the truth is that you can be uncommon. That is your right. There's no rule against it, no law preventing it, but just expect to pay for whatever it is you want to get out of this life because that's, that's going to happen. The uh, thought that I've had marinating in my head since I heard it was this uh, Kobe Bryant quote. He said, booze don't block dunks. That's right. So whatever it is you want to do, just somebody being upset about it, somebody booing you over it doesn't change anything. All right. All right. This is episode 154. Yeah, I know, man. I, know. I just keep coming back here and doing this thing every week. I don't I don't miss a week. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Love you. It is a, a weekly episode.